Who's ready for the Dirt Life Show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 41 of the Dirt Life Show. We are stoked to have everybody joining us tonight. Uh, we got a little bit of uh, stormy weather that's been happening in Arizona. So if anything happens, last time we had a stormy weather, it was gnarly. So <laughs> took out the internet and everything. So please be patient with us if anything goes down. Uh, just uh, happy, like I said, to have you guys. Uh, Man, this is going to be an awesome, awesome show. We have uh, our featured guest, Craig Scanlon, coming on. Craig is a fantastic human being. He's done so much for the off-road world, and especially the side-by-side market. Uh, and even in the, the early days of the side-by-side stuff, man, it's really, really cool to have a person like him, uh, you know, come on the show, man. It's Sharing those stories is just amazing because you really get a good grasp on the level of effort that it was to make the side-by-side market and anything for that matter, you know, like dirt bikes back in the day and stuff, what it is nowadays. It's super, super cool. So we are really, really stoked to have him on. Uh, we'll probably bring him on around 6.45, 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, we have uh, Jesse Nelson going to call in just a little bit. We got to hurry and get through our sponsors and stuff because we're going to talk some Supercross. Is he going to be in his van again? Probably. He's going to probably do like uh, FaceTime emojis and stuff yeah. like that. Um, he's call- he's calling in this time, so he won't be able oh, to good. mess with us as much. <laughs> Uh, Jesse's an awesome dude, so we can't wait to uh, to talk with him a little bit about uh, what he thinks about the Supercross stuff coming in. Uh, it was actually pretty cool, pretty cool to see, like having everybody so amped. It was like Anaheim won all over again. It was totally. Uh, so uh, you could like we always do our intro. We uh, tell you guys that you can always, always, always follow us on social media at the Dirt Life Show. Uh, Instagram is the best place, but you can always do it on Facebook and uh, YouTube as well. But we have our broadcast every Monday night at 6 p.m., myself and Casey over here. We love, love hanging out with you guys. We want as much interaction as possible. So please comment in as much as possible on Facebook, comment in on YouTube, and we'll try to get to you guys. Uh, You can always visit the archives as well. You can always see it on YouTube and Facebook afterwards. But uh, check it out on iTunes as well. We've been getting some really, really uh, good numbers on iTunes. uh, So it looks like a lot of people are listening, whatever they're doing, if they're doing it in the garage, working on their projects during this quarantine time and stuff. So uh, thank you guys very, very much for listening. Uh, So... We want to thank all of our sponsors. Obviously, we want to thank Shock Therapy. I'm wearing their hat tonight. Thank you very much, Justin and those guys. We're going to go and do a, a giveaway with them actually this week. So next week, pay attention on social media for that giveaway. It's going to be some pretty cool Can-Am stuff. So uh, check them out. You can always use the code DIRTLIFE at the shocktherapist.com, or you can give them a call over there and get a ride improvement system or uh, any of their parts. Uh, thank you to the guys at KMC Wheels. Ryan over there had a, a mini bike race this weekend, the pit bike race. He's, I think there was like over 400 entries at this <laughs> pit bike race. Holy crap. So that looks pretty cool. So thank you to the guys at KMC Wheels for hanging in there. Um, we're going to do some pretty cool stuff with the, the unicorn and the KMC wheels too. Thank you to the guys at Zollinger Racing Products. They were always, always helping us. They make some fantastic products. You can use the code DIRTLIFE over there and save a bunch of money at ZollingerRacingProducts.com. Thank you guys at Rugged Radios. Also use the code DIRTLIFE at RuggedRadios.com. And, of course, Lance and all the crew over at Solderwell. Thank you guys very much. You guys can get your off-road repair kit to repair your race or ride and use the code DIRTLIFE at Solderwell.com. So thank you to those guys. Uh, since we're a little bit rushed and we're worried about uh, talking with Jesse about Supercross, I just want to talk about the show stats real quick because I got so excited when I was looking at it. We talked about them a little bit like the past couple weeks, but it's really, really cool for me to see the growth of the show. It's not even a year old yet. It'll be a year old in August, uh, middle of August. So that's going to be super cool. I'm excited to see like compare year-to-year stats. But 
it's neat to understand how much people are actually watching the show and enjoying it and seeing all the interaction and just everything that's going on. Like I never, ever thought that our little off-road community would be so interested in it. You know what I mean? It's just two dudes sitting in a studio, right. like talking about off-road stuff. Right. And I think the, what's cool to me is the, the retainage, like people are popping on and staying on. That's pretty yeah. awesome. That's really cool. Well, I guess there's two things, two ways to think about that. Like popping on and staying on, like during the live shows, we don't get huge numbers or anything, but our off-road community is small, right? Right. But like when I was looking at some of the iTunes statistics, we get decent numbers, but the best part about it is, is that almost all the people w- listen to the whole show. That's cool. And for having like, let's just say a two, three hour show, like that's a lot of people's time, man. Yeah, Every week to gain that many uh, people to get that many people listening for that long no doubt i guess they're just in- into my shoes yeah probably <laughs> well itunes you can't see your shoes though oh, this is true man <laughs> if they only watched on uh on facebook or youtube <laughs> they wouldn't they wouldn't care about the uh the topics that we discuss anymore right, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh so uh, we really really appreciate you guys man that is so cool that you guys are giving us so much love and you guys are just helping us out like it is such a good thing and such a good feeling for us to have especially all the crap that i've been through in my in my life like to be able to see the growth like that, it just makes it so rewarding for me. It Definitely. makes it so worth it for all this hard work that we've been putting in. No doubt. And uh, Fonzie shoots. Uh, he agrees. He says, yay. Happy yeah. Monday. Yeah. Happy Monday, boys. Yeah. <laughs> so Alfonso is going to actually be going to a race in Texas with us. Uh, Sweet. So, so we're going to go to uh, Texplex. And it's a side-by-side racing track. Well, motocross and everything, too. Um, I don't know if you've heard his name, Scott Champion. Yep. He's a supercross racer, but his father owns that place in Texas. So awesome. we're going to go out there and uh, hang out with some of the Miller boys, Hunter and Cody Miller, and a whole bunch of the Polaris guys, and just have a good time out there. I think it'll be a really cool thing. Uh, Alfonso's actually going to bring his drone, too. So Cool. Get we'll some do, good footage. Yeah, we'll do a little vlog and have some fun. There you go. I think it'll be pretty cool. And it'll be cool, too, because my dad's going to go, and we're just going to have a little bit of a free time. You know what I mean? Avoid all this quarantine and all the stuff that's going on in the world. Get me out. Uh, <laughs> next week, we have some pretty cool uh, topics to talk about, too. So it'll be neat to talk about that. We'll go into it in a little bit more detail. So what did you think about Supercross this weekend, man? It was insane. Uh, so I got some negative opinions <laughs> and I got some good yeah, opinions. Yeah, I have some both. It. So yeah. first of all, I, I I thought it was so shitty that they raced during the day. Yeah, so I was talking to Jeremy Joa, um, uh, you know, during the race, and it reminds me anybody that's raced in Arizona. I think it would remind us of okay. basically every blown out daytime race practice at, track yeah. that we have. Yeah. So totally. I was thinking to myself while I was watching it, and I was going to text you, but I I didn't for whatever reason. I was thinking like our buddy, our friend Taylor Vanderpool was like would go out to this place that we called Kolb, mm-hmm. and it was like this super dry roached track, like yeah, always. And he was the master at that place because yeah, he was, was always there, right? Yep. And I was looking at the track, and I was like, dude, if he could race, like, and let's just say, like he was half of their speed, right? The half of the professional speed. He would still wax all of them <laughs> at a track right. like that. It was so funny to see that because the track was so roached out, man. But it was it was cool to have that difference, you know what I mean? Like it's not a perfectly prepped track and stuff. Right. And it kind of leads you to understand how talented those guys actually are, not just with their riding ability, but with their mental capacity. Yeah. It took the technical scale of the whole track and race that much higher. 
Absolutely. Because they're riding on marbles, basically. Yeah, and marbles and then concrete underneath. Yeah, so right. It really is slippery. Like So to put it in terms of maybe somebody that hasn't ridden motor- motorcycles or side-by-sides or whatever, imagine going out on the sh- in the street, having a hailstorm, and not pulling over in your car and just – riding in your car on those like hail balls in the yeah. middle of the street like it's Perfect. or or going across a puddle or something it's yep. really slippery that's the way it was around the whole track it for was. those guys yeah and uh, again obviously the the cream rose to the top like it always does they really did but you know what the the craziest part about it was is i don't think it was the the cream of the riding crop like not the speed crop it was the mental thing that worked cuz tomac obviously won Cooper Webb got second. Ken Roxon got third. And uh, I forgot what happened. Oh, Anderson, actually, he was going to be one of the topics that I wanted to talk about. He was ripping. He was. But uh, He needs to start. He really does. Um, but the reason that Tomac won was because he started falling back, but he put on a charge for just enough, like yep. three laps that just broke the gap, and yep. that was it. That was all he needed. It was pretty And he sweet. did it at a good time, he so it wasn't too slippery. Right. Yeah, it, I think there was – I mean, who knows if that was playing in his head or not or if he just felt like, hey, I'm starting to lose it a little bit. I need I need to go. The good news is he didn't do what I've always expected him to do. So, like, I, Oh, I, to choke? Yeah, I, I hope he gets it done. Not a huge fan, but I would like to see him get it done. Well, watching that ride that, that he had, like I'm a Roxon fan. You're a Cincerello fan. Oops. But, <laughs> yeah, I know. We'll talk about him, but – Tomac didn't blow it. He like came through with flying colors this time. Oh, that's what I mean. That it needs to happen. Like I think the whole um, fan base needs to see it. Whether you're on one side or the other, yeah, he needs to get it done. He really does. Because he's been at it for so long. You mean? Yeah. And how can you win so many races and be that guy? You know what I mean? Do you do you have like a standout thing that he did during the race that you were like, wow, like that changed his like his whole career changed by doing that he did i think usually when it's when he starts to get a little heat and he starts falling back he blows it his mind goes or something i mean i'm not the 100 percent expert at it but we've all seen it and it was almost like he snapped out and was like nope yeah i'm, I'm getting back into my groove and riding where i know i can ride and well some of those guys have mental coaches don't they i think so i think <laughs> i actually remember when we talked to uh, scuba yeah, I'm pretty sure that those mechanics are, are the mental are, coaches. Are a huge part of their mental coaching, but I think they probably actually have real ones too. It was uh, so it was it was definitely cool to see. And then uh, Roxon almost freaking killed himself. Yeah, that was gnarly. I'm it, sure all that flashback in his. We got Jesse Nelson calling in, so uh, we can uh, we can talk about Ken Roxon too. Jesse, are you there? Yeah, we live. Yeah, we yes, are sir. live, dude. What's, What's going down, dude? Is it Hamel time or what? <laughs> yeah. Are you drinking Hamels over there? <laughs> I just got home. Marin, did some bull crap. Had to go to the bank. Just, uh, you know, just typical Monday. Nice little quarantine day. Oh, uh, Dino Jet, Matt's in the house, too. Sean Kelly said, so what's up? What's up, Matt? Thank you very much for giving us this Dino Jet uh, Players XP Pro Performance Tuning uh, Stage 2 Tuning Kit, mm-hmm. man. We can't wait to give that away. So uh, we were just... Uh, yeah, give it this way. <laughs> you, oh, yeah, you do have it. Did you follow the Did contest? Did you follow the, the rules? rules? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we have so many uh, problems with people following the rules on these contests. <laughs> it's, it's not too late if you didn't, didn't follow the rules. <laughs> 
I didn't see it. I needed to check it out, but I definitely, it was, uh, I called Temecula Motorsports today looking for some extra HPs, but they didn't have anything in stock. All right, well, we'll talk later after the uh, after the show. We can uh, talk with uh, Matt over at DinoJet and see what we can do, get Jesse Nelson hooked up for his new whip. Yeah, I'm going to be doing wheelies and glamis. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> You're one of those 12 o'clock boys in a side-by-side? <laughs> Some nitrous? Uh, yeah, I'm going to break the rear taillights off that thing. <laughs> Sweet, dude. We can't wait to see some viral videos for that. Hey, so we were talking about... Uh, uh, Roxon almost freaking killing himself on that what second to last lap or last lap at the at the track. Hoo wee! Yeah, I mean that was a little hairy. I, it was. De- I mean, it was. It could have been a lot worse, but agreed. He pulled it out. He was fine. Yeah, so he- no big deal. I can tell you for sure that these two guys that are sitting in this studio over here, we would have definitely wadded it up. We would not have been able to hold on to that thing. <laughs> I think yeah, just the I think he got really lucky just the way he hit the tough blocks because they're super unpredictable when you hit them. Sometimes you can like almost land on top of them and they don't move, and other times they just shoot out from under you and your wheels are gone. Yeah, so he he definitely got lucky. So uh, what do you think about the race overall? We were just discussing it, and obviously the track conditions were crazy. But what do you think? I was um, I was just thinking about it earlier this morning. I think I think the race was really boring. Other than those guys kind of getting in there for a little bit, I think it seemed like a practice to them more than anything because they don't have fans or anything like that to kind of feed off of or like get pumped or like I don't know. That's a good it's hard point. To say. That's a really good point. Put yourself in that. Say, but... Put yourself in that position though. How would you have felt in the in the stadium? Oh, I was a pro practicer, so I probably would have been <laughs> better doing that. You would have been ready to rip. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, no pressure, no pressure, no thoughts. I mean, there is pressure. Don't get me wrong, but um, I would definitely think there was a lot less, or at least it seemed that way for everybody. And it probably just seemed like a a time qualifying practice or something. I don't know, but it was. Uh, I thought it was really boring. I think the track was uh, like an amateur all stars track. Yeah, it was super easy. Uh, and they didn't put enough water down. I mean, it was windy, of course, but I mean, they can only do so much. But it was it was pretty blown out. I thought yeah. fairly quick. So one of the things, like during, uh, well, I think it was the the first corner where you kind of go around that berm and you get head towards those rollers before that triple. They had uh, yeah. That at the end, I saw Zach Osborne. It was almost like a short course track where it was like all blue groove on the inside. And then it had like a, a little puffy berm that he was just blowing out like with his front tire. Yeah. Yeah. All he was doing was just hitting or it with his cushion. front tire, like just blowing it out and keep going. Right? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Osborne's the king of blowing stuff out like that. <laughs> and just like riding every edge and every bit of fluff you can find. Dude, he did but, a good job. I mean, he could have used a paddle tire in that little berm yeah. section. <laughs> yeah, like I was so pumped to watch the race, and then I, I, we all went to Peltier Winery and got a little group together. We all watched it on laptops at the winery, and um, dude, I was a little bummed. I was a little. I know it's the first race back. I'm sure guys are going to be like not, not 100 percent ready, or I mean, not ready, but like I mean. It's just different getting back into the swing of things, but I was a little disappointed in Kenny. Yeah. Um, I think, I think Tomac did exactly what everybody kind of expected. 
I was. I just want to see more fight in Ken. I feel like he's just been kind of not laying over, but he's not been pushing like I think he should. Well, how do you feel about like? Because I don't know that they made the wrong decision though. Because like, had he or any of those guys had any of them tried like super hard and fought super hard, I feel like they would have just peeled themselves off their bikes, man. Yeah, but felt like he made that one mistake in the rhythm section. He didn't three out. He yeah. Went mm-hmm. Double single, and then he screwed up the next section a little bit, and they got a little gap on him, and then he just like never. He was there. He was solid the whole time. Like yeah, he, definitely. He was there, he made it a little tight, but he didn't. He didn't put up a fight. Like it is the first round back, but like these races are going to go by quick, and I just hope he doesn't look back on any of them or any of those guys and be like, "Hey, I should have done this because yep. this is make it or break it right now." Yeah, well, like they're racing. Jesse, do you? Do you yeah, that's what they're. I was going to say. Do you feel like uh, there's any any mental change in the middle of the race when they're like, Hey, I got to do this again in two days or three days, whatever it is. If they get traction, I feel like it'd be way different. <laughs> right. No, I think it looked like a couple guys got a little bit winded. I mean, it's just, they've been off for a while and right. coming back to that pace, but you could definitely tell, uh, done. I mean, Tomac and, Definitely Tomac and Webb were ready to go. Oh, yeah. And I think and it's not saying that, that Ken wasn't. He was just, I think he was caught a little off guard or he was just a little unhappy or uneasy on the bike. Have you talked to him at all or is he kind of just busy doing his thing up there? No, I don't really talk. I don't really try to talk to him about race stuff. If I do talk to him, I always try to keep it something else because everybody else, is, he's got he's got 30 other guys in his ear, you know, like it's the last thing I want to do with start saying stuff to him yeah just have some fun actually what uh what do you think about yeah. anderson anderson was a little bit impressive in my mind i thought he did pretty freaking good man he, he was ripping at the end um i couldn't really tell at the end but i saw osborne got around him it seemed um i kind of worry about anderson sometimes like i don't worry about him but it's just like he's not training with alden anymore which i mean he knows exactly what he needs to do but he passed well, all those guys at the end, though, and got fourth. Oh, he did? I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah, dude. He, he like, oh. the last th- two or three laps, he was just, like, fire. Damn, I didn't see that. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I, I just worry about him, like, not not saying you have to train with Alden, but I feel like he definitely holds you accountable for everything you do. There's no dicking off. There's no slack. There's no, oh, I don't feel, I'm a little tired today. I want to save myself. Um, yeah, and he obviously won his Supercross championship under Alden's guidance. So it's like, right. who's he training with now? I think he's just doing his own thing. Oh, that, yeah. for AC going down too. Yeah, that stunk. The beginning of that race. I was bummed out. Um, lights, the lights class race was, was pretty boring, but I got to give it to Pierce Brown because he rode unreal. Dude, I was going to say the same thing. He really did drive, like, ride really, really good. Oh, I was going to tell you, thank you for uh, referring. Uh, start, didn't he? he what? No, oh, I don't know. I think he was, like, regular start, right? I don't think he – did he hole shot? I don't know. No, I, I, don't... Think he, I think he went down. I, that's oh, what he, I thought. Oh, okay. Saying he And then he moved his way back. back to fifth. Well, that's – yeah, that's Dude, awesome. Was I guess I wasn't paying that. attention. Yeah, I wanted to say thank you, too, for referring Derek Drake over. He's going to come on the show on Monday, so we'll have you call in next week, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm watching a GoPro clip of of the track right now, and honestly, it just it looks like a fairground track to me. 
It kind of does. That's a good way yeah, to put it. It did, but didn't you think being all marbles and, and crappy and dry, at least it made it – I mean, not that we like it, but it, it seemed like it made it a little more even, I guess, for everybody. I don't know, man. I really yeah, hope that they do something like to the track. One, one fast lane around the entire track, and it wasn't – I mean, the only place they were really passing, it seemed, it was if somebody made a little bobble in the rhythm, they could they could uh, counteract in the – in the next corner, but this, the, where the mechanics area would be, where they cross over the start, that's like the main passing point. I mean, unless you're you're night and day faster through the whoops, like right, it's hard to. I don't know. I feel like it's hard to like be when, better. Like when Malcolm Stewart blew by those two dudes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was pretty fun. Yeah, he. I don't. The, the Stewarts have definitely got their their whoop, their whoop game dialed. Hey, so, so did you hear Chase? You hear who's uh, helping Chase Sexton now? Uh, who? The good old number seven. It's on Chase set Team Sexton now. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's been helping coach uh, Chase. That's cool. Stewart has. Yeah. Can you believe it? No, I didn't even know that. That's wild. Um, just on the bike coaching. Uh, well, I don't know that. I don't know the extent of what he what he's coaching him, but I heard today in uh, the press conference uh, stuff that they were talking about after the race that uh, James Stewart was definitely helping Chase Sexton. So that's a that's a pretty potent combo if you yeah. if you ask me, because Chase is so Ryan Dungey esque. You know yeah. what I mean? Like right. to loosen up and be a little bit more like James Stewart's going to be crazy to see. No kidding. Yeah, hopefully. Um... Hopefully he can put together some more solid rounds. I mean, second place is not bad, especially coming back. And he's already got a he had about a ten point lead, so now it's back down to uh, eight. Yeah, that's pretty solid Seven. though. Yeah, and I think he's a very consistent guy. I, I don't think I see him having a, a bad upset weekend, but hey, we'll, we'll know in a day or two. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. All right, man. We'll we'll let you get back to all the stuff that you're doing. Thanks for calling in, giving us your uh, rundown of Supercross. Hopefully, it, uh, the track gets a little bit better so they can rip next time. Hey, Jesse. I don't know if this means anything. Yeah. But no BS with Billy Slade says, "What's up, Jesse?" I don't know if that means anything. To <laughs> Billy <not>. Slade. <laughs> okay. Billy's the man. Yeah, Billy um, is the man. I, I heard they're supposed to be. Um, they're not really going to change much on the track, hmm. as far as I've heard. Interesting. Uh, they got to get some freaking traction. They're only going to rhythm lane. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Bring the traction in, can you? Yeah, exactly. Maybe because it'll be a night race. Dude, I don't know. They yeah, just... I guess they want to They want to just change uh, the rhythm lanes and a few other small stuff like that. But I figured they'd be at least turning it backwards or yeah. switching up some stuff. But yeah. I don't know. It's going to be it's a quick turnaround to, to do all that. But give it a couple more rounds. I think that the moisture is going to start setting into the dirt. Dude, those guys are softer. Those guys are all going to run tires that are like freaking bubblicious gum the next round. <laughs> yeah. Super just, soft. Oh, my. I, they're going to need to do something or just soften the hell out of the suspension. But then the rhythm that starts getting tricky there in the loops, too. Yeah, exactly. All right. Hey, man, we got uh, we got Brett Carpenter that's going to call in in 30 seconds. So we'll let you get back to all your stuff. But, uh, yeah, let's. Uh, I'll hit you up this um, week, and we're going to plan on having you call in for Derek's show on Monday. All right. Yeah, I'll come talk crap. Hell yeah. um, tell Brett so well. You guys, thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Thanks. thanks. Later, dude. See ya. All right. See you guys. Yeah, thanks, Jesse, for calling in. That's pretty crazy to hear those, uh, like, the way that they all interact with each other. You know what I mean? Like, Je- Jesse's a good buddy of Ken Roxon's, and uh, they have a really good relationship. But it's kind of like what we used to talk about. Remember, like, 
you don't have to talk about racing all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah. And right. uh, it's funny because when you like, live it. Yeah. Yeah. So how many times people like want to talk to RC, like talk RC with you, like 24, you're just like, dude, it's like, I'm over it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't need to talk about it anymore. I'm right. doing it so much. So, uh, we got any more comments in there before Brett calls in? Yeah. So I was going to mention, the. Uh, uh, Grant Owens was talking about <laughs> it's the only reason he he run the rugged giveaway. Oh, because he, he follows the rules. He followed the rules. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, so if you guys haven't done it yet, go follow the rules right now just in case you entered and make sure that you like did it properly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to butcher this name. Jason Who is- Stilgebauer? Stilgebauer? Oh, hey. we got the uh, Hey, guys, what's happening, Jason? How you doing? Brad Carpenter, what's going down, buddy? What's happening? How, How are things doing? going up there in Phoenix, dude? Oh, they're going. I heard you guys had a haboob yesterday. What's that? I heard you guys had a haboob yesterday. For people that don't know, that's um, are in our audience. So what that is, is like a freaking dust tornado. The the mummy. <laughs> yeah. 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 They, usually they start pretty far south, done by you guys. But yeah, it's. It, um, I think it just came across like the East Valley. Um, it didn't make it as far north where I'm at, but. Um, I know they're they're going to start happening again. Pretty crazy, all sorts of stuff. Hey, so uh, we wanted to have you uh, call in, obviously, because I just like talking to you. You're a good dude, but um, we want to just hear some stories about Craig Scanlon. You got any funny stuff? Stories about Craig? Yeah. Oh, um, stories that I can share. Or... <laughs> uh, well, so oh, I don't know. Let's uh, let's backtrack a little bit then. So, um, you're now you used to work for Rigid Industries, and you're now the uh, well, I don't know what the professional title is, but you're the race team manager for Polaris Industries. And uh, Craig right. used to have a lot to do with that at that position or that uh, area of Polaris. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's kind of cool because you're. I don't want to say like. What's the right way to put this? Following in his footsteps, like you're you're seeing some of the oh stuff that that he has <laughs> done over the years, where you know he's kind of laid yeah. down this big framework, and you're able to see a lot of the stuff that he's done after the fact. You know what I mean? So maybe you can tell us some of the stuff that that you see that was just so positive. Because I know one thing that uh, that he's done is he's I don't want to say single-handedly, but he's been a huge, huge part of changing the side-by-side market and racing industry like nobody else, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a good point. Um, obviously, obviously no secret what, what, you know, what Craig's involvement has, has been and meant to UTV racing, UTV development, um, you know, specifically with the Razor. Um, you know, obviously he's, he has really, really built something massive, you know, whether you're, whether you're on the Polaris side or whether you're on a, uh, you know, you follow the, a different brand or, you know, everybody's pretty loyal to their, to their brand preference, but, you know, no, no doubt, obviously what, what he's done regardless across the board, um, for me being able to come into Polaris, I, I mean, I, I get to see it kind of in a different, in a different light, you know, and, and, um, certainly see things, you know, on the inside that, uh, you know, Craig and Craig's team, you know, really, really built. So it's cool to, um, it's cool to, to, I guess, continue on with what, what, what he built. And, you know, it's, it's not like he just, he, he, it took years for, for this industry to, to get to where it's at now and it's at an all time high. Um, you know, things are, things are just crazy for, 
for UTV racing, UTVs in general. I mean, everybody's out riding right now, especially now more than, more than ever with, with yeah. all the social distancing stuff. So, um, but it is cool to, um, to get to, uh, to be in the position I'm in and work in the, in the, the, the race division and, and, you know, kind of taking those, those reins and, and running with them. Um, certainly, certainly have a lot to, uh, uh, big shoes to fill, you know, um, lot, lots to live up to there, but, uh, it's pretty cool to see it from the inside, really see, you know, and hear stories of, um, and I mean, it's not like he's, he's gone. I mean, he's still very, very big part of the company, obviously. Yeah. And, um, you know, doing incredible things over there for, for, for tap and for WP. Um, but you know, it's just really neat to, to see where it's at and to, um, to, to hear stories of, of when he was working, um, you know, directly at Flaris in the office and stuff like that. So, um, but the cool thing is, I mean, I get to work with his team and, and people that have worked with Craig for a long time. And so, you know, his energy, obviously, and, and his, you know, you can kind of see, you know, their style of doing things that is, is still, you know, they're still doing it the, the way that, uh, you know, they've done it for years, which is really cool. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's neat to see. And you had you had the opportunity, and we'll get we'll talk with Craig a little bit more about this. But you had the opportunity to, I don't know what you want to say, get in at the uh, on the ground floor when he started his race program because working at Rigid, you guys were one of the uh, main sponsors for his team, right? Yeah, yeah. So that started, I think, back in oh maybe fourteen or fifteen. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but probably five or six years ago now since he, since he kicked his program off, which, you know, if, if anybody, if there's anything to know about Craig, I mean, he runs a tight ship, he runs a tight program and, and he, you know, what, what's important to him is, is professionalism and looking good and making sure that, um, you know, he's representing his partners best way he can, um, which he always does. I mean, his car always looks good, his chase trucks, everything. And so yep. what was cool for it, like at Rigid, the, the coolest part was to see this program come to us and really see it kind of present to us as if it was this big, you know, elite, which it is. But like, I mean, people weren't really doing this in the UTV ranks, you know, at, at, at least not that many. I mean, if any, I mean, he, he presented us this, this program that we were like, geez, this is like a, a trophy truck program, yeah. you know, with the amount of assets and, and, the, and, and what he was putting into it on his side. Um, and that was, was truly eye-opening just to see the quality of it. And so, I mean, for rigid back in the day, that was just like, man, I mean, it was kind of a no brainer and we knew that it would be represented. We'd be represented well. And, um, you know, I mean, he, and he certainly, certainly did that, um, you know, and, 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 and continues to do so. I mean, it's everywhere he goes, his, his stuff looks good. His programs just, he keeps it tight, you know, and that's, that's, what's cool. It's super um, cool to you see know, that. it's always going to look good. Yep. Yep. Hey Brett, it's kind of, it's kind of NASCAR esque. You got a question. Yeah. Let me throw a question at you. Uh, first of all, Caden Danbury and Lucretia say hi. Yeah. And, uh, oh, Hey guys. Uh, Bill, Billy Slade says, uh, how was the transition going from marketing at Rigid to Polaris factory racing manager? That probably isn't a quick oh, it's, one. <laughs> uh, it's good. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a transition for sure. But, um, you know, I feel the biggest thing is I just, I feel really comfortable, um, and, and working with the race program. You know, I, I feel like it was, uh, there was a lot of challenges, um, that I was going to be facing, but certainly was an am up for them. You know, and we, and the, the, the biggest thing is like, we just see 
the potential of how much bigger we can take this thing from even where where it's already it's already gone. And so um, just have some really really cool plans and 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 just big things in the work and different ways we want to we want to we want to take the program. Uh, you know, from you know whether it's from score and BITD and then then even looking at things you know on the on the East Coast or in the Midwest and just where we can improve and get better and, and make sure that uh, we have a solid presence. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a big, it's a big task, you know, I mean, it's not something that we're going to, we're going to just going to do and, and flip a switch and, and everything's just going to, you know, going to, going to take off to the next level. There's a lot of work behind it. We have a really, really yeah. awesome team. Um, you know, and that's, that's one thing that's, that's really important to me is working with a good team. We have a, um, you know, there's, there's certain divisions of razor marketing that, that kind of all do do different things, but it, it collectively it's all part of the, the, the same goal, obviously. Yeah. And, um, that's, that's getting more razors out there and, and, um, you know, maintaining the, the, the position that we hold, you know, and we want to, we want to be the best and stay the best. And, um, but racing, racing has a lot to do with that. I mean, we gotta, we gotta make sure that we're, we're, you know, working well with our factory teams and, and collecting data from them and get, taking their feedback and bringing it back to our, you know, to, to our team and making sure that we're, you know, we're, we're, we're giving them a product that, that we can expect them to go win races with. So it's, 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 you know, there's a lot of moving parts, but, um, it's, it's pretty cool. So one of the pretty, collective pretty fun and, and honorable to be a part of it. Yeah, I do. I agree. That's a really, really cool. So, yeah, but, and the, you're doing your part, obviously. There's two things that I think are cool here. Um, the first thing is I think it's a collective of all of the things that are happening right now that I think they're doing such a great job. Like, um, well, here, let me preface this, too, is that uh, it's cool because the transition, like to for to answer Billy's question a little bit, but he Brett was already involved a little bit with Rigid and he sees all these racing programs. He's at the races. He's doing all this stuff uh, in the marketing and racing programs, and, and he has his hands kind of uh, arm's length at some of these players' programs, and they were so integrated that transitioning over – it was probably a little bit easier, but the coolest part about it is, is he can bring a fresh perspective into these racing things. And then when you go to the second part of my, what I was going to talk about is collectively, there's a lot of manufacturers and different things that are pulling back from racing, especially with this, all this C19 crap that's happening right now. People are stopping budgets and doing this, but Polaris has always been starting with Craig go, go, go into the racing thing. Like we want to support these guys. We see these guys drive. We see these guys have such passion for doing these things. Right. And that's why they, they go after these guys. And Brett's the perfect person to be in that position because he's able to see all I that because that. of his experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Appreciate that. No, I mean the transition and, and even to go back to Billy's question, what to your point was, you know, it was refreshing to have people that I was already comfortable with who I would be, who I would continue working with. But then there's this whole other awesome group of people that I, I really had never worked with before just due to, due to different partnerships. Um, when I was in my previous position. So, you know, working with, uh, you know, the Matlocks and, and, um, you know, Brandon Sims and Lambert and, you know, just so many, so many amazing racers that, that I now get to work with. I mean, I, I certainly feel privileged to, uh, to, to get to work with, with these teams and, and, and these, uh, these racers now. And so, you know, it's, the transition has been great, uh, to answer the original question. It's been, um, it's been, I would I, honestly, I would say it's been smooth. The, the biggest challenge has just really been adapting to a much, much bigger company like Polaris, uh, yeah. you know, as opposed to rigid where, you know, I was working with, with a hundred something employees as opposed to, 
um, you know, the thousands of employees and, and, and corporate structure of Polaris. So um, that's, that's been the biggest change. We think it's awesome. pretty cool to have that, like that, that transition though. Cause a lot of times when you, you and I have talked about it a little bit, Casey, a lot of times when you interject somebody and Craig would be a perfect person to answer this, but when you interject somebody that's worked for a small company or like, let's just say even a contractor that doesn't have to work in a big company environment when they come in and they're fast paced and they're ready to go. Mm -hmm. They want to hit the ground running. They won't take no for an answer. It's like, go, 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 like kill, kill, kill every day. They just want to go as awesome. Like that mentality sometimes supercharges the next wave of things that happen. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously big shoes to fill when you jumped into that and you've taken your responsibilities, um, you know, to heart, it's obvious. Yeah. So, um, but to, to let me get back to Billy here to agree with Brett, the perfect candidate for the, for the position. I'm excited to see the future and what he has to bring to the table. Awesome. Good stuff. And, it's cool to see that Brett always he still has a good relationship with the guys at Ridger too. So, right. um, what's the uh, oh, yeah. what's the plan for you guys uh, in the next few months? Then uh, we can ask Craig too. But uh, as far as Polaris goes and racing and stuff, because uh, I know that Score is still going to race, aren't they? Yeah, I'd say the plan is um, the plan is that we're just you know we're we're gonna we're excited to get these races kicked off. I mean, there's I think everybody's anxious, you know, and and certainly ready to to get back out there. I know there's been a couple small races. Um, I know there was just a race, a snow race this last weekend. Works kicked things back off, and I know they had some schedule shifting, but um, Works is coming to Havasu in a few weeks. That we got Silver State, so a lot of excitement just around the races just actually happening. Um, and then obviously the big one with Baja, um, you know, getting down there for, for the 500 or 250 and, uh, and then the thousand, you know, there's going to be a lot packed into a little bit of time. I mean, a year's worth or I would say 10 months worth of worth of racing packed into about (laughs) six months, but, um, you know, that's, we're, we're all, we're all in the, yeah, exactly. We're all in the same boat. I all think, these guys are going to go out. Anybody cares. All these yeah. guys are going to yeah. go out and break the first freaking oh, 10 man, miles. I hope. Well, I, the smart ones won't. <laughs> yeah, the smart ones won't. Hey, yeah, no, I mean. Brad, we the, got. That, uh, that will, it'll be interesting. We but. got. Uh, Rob from Warfighter calling in in about 45 seconds. And so uh, cool. we had uh, Alfonso said, what's the most stressful part of the job? Uh, what do you do to unwind? But I think uh, I can answer that. You probably just hang out with your family as much as possible, huh? No doubt. That's it, man. Just just check out a little bit and clear the head and hang out with the family. And I mean, that's what we should all be doing during these crazy times. But uh, Agreed. that's all you can do. Just take it one day at a time. Uh, we really appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much for calling in. Tell the family we said hello. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Brett. Yep. You guys, too. Thanks, guys. See all right. See you see later, it. bud. Uh, uh, yeah, I agree with that. What he said, you know, when he signed off is like, it really does kind of bring a, like, we talk about all this cool stuff, right? Like, the razors and racing and all this stuff. But, like, when you think about, like, brass tacks, all this crap that's going on, like, it really, really does make a huge difference to be with your family. And Definitely. especially even in the racing portion. Wow, we got Robert calling Most in Most important right part, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, Robert Bland, what's going down, dude? What's happening? What's up, guys? How's things going, bud? Oh, it's, it's going. Hanging out. Everything going Enjoying good our, over there at Warfighter? Our curfew. Yeah, <laughs> darn it! Are you using a liberated uh, glass where again? <laughs> I never forget that one. I've got a lot of comments about that. So one. for uh, for people that don't know, Rob uh, uh, Rob from Warfighter made we had him on last uh, last week for the Memorial, Memorial Day, Day show, yep. and uh, he had a uh, a, cu- a couple cocktails, a couple drinks, and. Uh, 
his words were, I liberated this glass from uh, Saddam. Yeah, from Saddam Hussein. <laughs> so he took a shot out of that bad boy. That was pretty bitching. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, hey, so I wanted you to call in because uh, we know you're good buddies with Craig Scanlon over there at, uh, well, now Four Wheel Parts at uh, Trans American Auto Parts. Yes, sir. They help out Warfighter made quite a bit, don't they? Absolutely. Uh, you know, our relationship with uh, Craig and Polaris Razor and, uh, you know, Trans America Parts, a.k.a. Four Wheel Parts, yep. has, uh, has been, you know, has been really, really good for us. <laughs> it sounds like you got some funny stories about Craig right <laughs> on the tip of your tongue, huh? <laughs> I, got, I got some funny stories about Craig. Uh, before we kick off, I just wanted to, to lead in with, uh, you know, Brett came in to uh, Polaris Razor arguably at a rough time for Razor. And, um, you know, he, he's been absolutely killing it. He walked up to us at, at uh, King of the Hammers and he was just like, Hey, you're, you're Rob from Warfighter Made, right? Well, I'm like, yeah, how you doing? And he's like, Oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm Brett. Uh, I'm the new, you know, sponsorship coordinator for Polaris Razor. And I was like, Oh man, that's cool. Um, and he was like, I was like, uh, yeah, how, how long, uh, how long you been at, at Razor? And he's like, Oh, literally weeks. I'm like, Oh, cool. How long you been at Polaris? And he's like, literally weeks. He's like, yeah, I came over here from from Rigid. And I was like, and, and as soon as he said that, I was like, man, I know exactly who you are, you know. So, and just to, just to have him, you know, come up and and say what's up to you know the, the warfighter made bets and stuff like that was was uh, really appreciated. And and things have been things have been really good, you know. Kind of gave us a little way ahead for what he's trying to do. And, and he just, you know, reiterated it is, you know, he just, he really wants to get uh, his racers out there. Um, he really wants to, to put an onus on uh, their female racers and their kid racers. And, yep. and uh, I thought that was really cool. You know, that's, that's super important. You got, you got rad people out there like uh, Sierra Romo and, and Lucretia and Maddie Wedeking and, and, uh, you know, Shelby and everyone that are just really making a difference and, uh, and they're ready to capitalize on that, which I think is cool. Well, speaking of all yeah, them, yeah, La- say, go ahead. Lucretia just said hello on, uh, online as well as Caden Danbury <laughs> and Sean, Sean Kelly also said hello to you as well. So, um, yeah, My man, Sean. he says, simplify Robert, back. give us some Monday motivation. I think Robert always gives <laughs> yeah. us Monday motivation. We were actually talking about you before the show, Rob. And, uh, so we have, uh, we'll, we'll give all the details of it, but we have a new project or a new podcast that we're going to start, uh, that has to deal with, uh, motivation and stuff. And we were thinking about you big time. We were like, who can bring uh, the level of, uh, the show to a 12 <laughs> and Casey and I were like, Rob, <laughs> I I do it right now, but I probably blow out your speakers. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, well the uh, the motivational speeches and stuff that you've given at uh, like the UTV World Championship over the years, I'll never forget it, man. I wish we had like a professional film crew to film those bad boys because those could be used on like the Joe Rogan Experience type stuff, man. They're <laughs> super good. Um, so you, what- you, know, you know the very the very first one I gave at the very first UTV World Championships when we were presenting the uh, Perseverance Award. And, uh, I, I get more compliments on, uh, that 
that speech that I gave than any other speech that I've ever done. And I swear to God, I don't remember anything that I said from that. <laughs> I, I pulled a total Will Ferrell from from old school or whatever that movie I just blacked was. out. I just did this. <laughs> what, ha- what happened? What happened? So, I remember like my dad and I were walking out of that place and my dad goes, how the heck did Robert learn how to talk so good? I go, he's just a badass man. I the hair was standing up on the back of our necks. We're like, holy shit, he just elevated this thing to the whole new level, man. This is sweet. Everybody's going to come back next year. Lucretia says Robert's the best speaker I've ever heard. Dude, he really is. Uh, yeah, where'd you learn how to do that anyways, Rob? I always wondered. That's just standing in front of you know hundreds of Marines, and, and they're not going to give you no slack. And if you start stumbling or hemming and hawing or whatever, you know, that's it. You, you've lost them. And, and when you're, when you're talking to, uh, you know, Marines like that, yeah, you got to be ready to go into combat. You know, you, you got to catch nation and, and you got to run with it because if you lose them, that's mm-hmm. it. And, and, you know, unfortunately that could be life or death. Yeah, exactly. So you got to be at a 12 all the time. Well, uh, we only got a couple more minutes to speak with you. So do you have any funny stories uh, that you've had with Craig over the years? I know you guys have been uh, working together for quite some time now. Yeah, well, you know, Craig was like this uh, mystical creature that, (laughs) you know, would just appear out of the forest every once in a while, like a like a glowing unicorn or something like that. And I'm just like, (laughs) who is this guy? But everyone that I respected in the UTV world um, had nothing but, you know, great things to say about Craig. Yeah. And, you know, I got a love, a lot of love for Joey D and, and what he's done for the, the, uh, UTV world. And, and he always just, I mean, he talked about Craig, like he was Santa Claus, you know, just this, <laughs> this mythical gift giving, you know, jolly old five foot four inch, you know, just amazing <laughs> individual. So, um, and for, and yeah, if was, anybody knows, if anybody that, knows Rob, he likes to throw a little stuff in there. So if you didn't catch that five foot perfect. four inch joke, <laughs> He's a, you're a great storyteller, Rob, uh, obviously, but I could, I'm hearing the pieces of like a <laughs> wonderful story. If we had time <laughs> for real, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm blessed to be where I am because, you know, what I do at, at Warfighter Made and my partnerships with uh, Polaris Razor and Four Wheel Parts aren't really tied to, um, you know, sp- uh, winning races and, and stuff like right. that. It's all about, you know, helping out. And is, is you know, long as we continue to do that, um, things are great. So, you know, my kind of my funny story about Craig was, I mean, I got a bunch of them, but uh, the, the main one was he moved over, he took over Transamerica Parts. And he, his secretary called Warfighter Maid and said, hey, we want to have a meeting with Warfighter Maid. Uh, come on in. Let's figure out what we can do. So we show up, and it's Joey D. It's Craig. We're sitting in Craig's office um, around his conference table, and we, we start this conference. And Joey D. and I are like, well, you know, we've been thinking about doing this and that, and this is how – you know, four wheel parts can support warfighter made. And the entire time Craig is on his phone. And if you know anything about Craig, that dude's a multi-taxer. He's hmm. doing a million things at one time and except growing an inch. But anyways, <laughs> he, all of a sudden he just stands up and he's just like, Hey, I got to take care of some stuff and walks out. So now Joey D and I are, are like, we're trying to refine these, these things that we were, uh, you know, kind of, kind of talking about. 
And I mean, we're doing this for probably 15, 20 minutes. And we're like so close to solidifying all these things that we were just talking about. And all of a sudden Craig walks back in. He's like, so, um, so this is what I'm thinking. Uh, four wheel parts. We're going to go ahead and build a couple vehicles on behalf of warfighter made for, uh, for their vets that are wounded and awesome. warfighter made going to pick them. And we're going to do this, this national, uh, national level thing. And, uh, yeah, Joey, make that happen. And he walks out again. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I mean, if that's what we were going to do to begin with, dude, I could be at fat burger right now. In person, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Why'd you just drag me through this? But the other funny story is, is, uh, um, I was, I was having, you know, kind of before Brett got there after Craig left and before Brett got there, uh, there were some personnel changes there and I was just having a hard time getting through to anybody over at Razor. And, um, I ran into, um, I ran into Craig at a race and it was a Lucas oil region, uh, Lucas oil national race. And I said, Hey Craig, I need some help. And he's like, you know, Rob, everybody keeps hitting me up about, you know, the issues that they're having, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I, I'm not going to do this for everybody, but for you, I will do this because I believe in what you're doing. So he makes a phone call. 20 minutes later, I get a phone call from a high level individual at Razor that was just like, hey, Rob, what's going on? What's wrong? I heard you're unhappy. Why is that? What can we do to fix that? And I'm like, well, you know, X, Y, and Z. Hey, let's do a conference call in a few days. Let's get this all taken care of. Conference call happens in a few days. At the very end of the conference call, this high-level dude at the very end was like, hey, Rob, great talking to you. I'm glad we were able to work this out. Hey, man, um, do me a favor. If you have any more issues, uh, don't go to Craig. Just, you know, just come to me because Craig's scary and <laughs> we don't like having to deal with, with Craig's wrath. So, Craig, <laughs> I appreciate it, man. What you built at Razor is will always be referred to as the golden era. Yeah. That was the, that was it. That was the pinnacle. And from here on out, everybody is just trying to get that back. Yeah. 100%. I agree with that so much, man. And I'm glad that you brought that up because that's one of the things that we wanted to talk about with Craig, uh, during his interviews is how much passion he put into that project, uh, during his time at, at Polaris was just fantastic. And to see the, well, the drive that both Robert and Craig have combined is like unstoppable, dude. Well, <laughs> unstoppable, but because it's helping, like right. it's it's not it's making just, a difference. It's not just selling vehicles, yeah, it's right? Making a difference. It's People's actually lives. doing something good. Absolutely. So it makes it just makes it's a feel good story, you right? Know? So, and Rob, Rob, there's a few people chime in if you don't mind before we have you give us some yep. good words of wisdom. Um, Matlock Racing, Rob is such an awesome person. Uh, Billy Slades, if there's anything I can ever do to help out Warfighter Made, I'm 100% there, no questions. And Dino Jet Rob says, or Dino Jet Matt says, hey, Robert. Matt. Yeah, so Billy's actually a really good dude, though. He'd be a, a good uh, a good guy for you to reach out. I don't know if you already know him yet or not, Rob. Yeah, yeah, we've been exchanging uh, DMs. Yeah. So, so he's a good dude. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, he's he's a good dude. He definitely wants to help out the community, and he has the same, uh, you know, heartfelt stuff for everybody else as you do. Did we lose Rob? No, I'm right here. Oh, okay. What cool. you got? Did you ask a question? 
So I was drinking. <laughs> Were you drinking out of the glass that you liberated? <laughs> no, I wait. That only comes out on special occasions. Yeah, like Memorial Day. Hey, uh, so we're going to uh, go to commercial break real quick here. Um, we really appreciate you coming on and hanging out for a little bit, dude. It's always good talking with you. Uh, I'm going to be out in Southern California in uh, late July, early August. So I definitely want to come down and uh, maybe have a glass out of those drink that, or, uh, <laughs> drink out of those glasses that you liberated from Saddam. Absolutely. I got that. And then uh, one fighter made... Uh, this Saturday is doing an Adrenaline Therapy Saturday, so all those rad racers like the Matlocks uh, need to come out and, and provide support for us and uh, give rides to uh, to kids and spouses. It's a really awesome time. That would be really cool. And depending on where you are, even I'm sure I'm sure Billy would come out if uh, if you invited him too, because he's got uh, a really nice rig that he could use to give some veterans rides too. So it would yeah, be cool. It would be cool to have everybody go down there. So uh, where's that going to be at, Rob? It's going to be at Rex Fence Racing Off-Road Park in Anza, California. Anybody looking for more information, it's warfightermade.org uh, backslash events. All vets, all eras, all branches. And uh, if anybody wants to find out more about Warfighter Made, uh, Instagram is at Warfighter Made, and it's the same with Facebook. Yeah, and de- so definitely hit those guys up because this is uh, not just uh, an event for the veterans. It's also an event for you guys, too. We see a lot of kids there. We see a lot of uh, babies there, family time, and uh, we get cool racers out there. There's some guys that you'd never, ever get uh, a chance to meet at the racetrack because they're so busy, and they'll go out there, and they'll help Rob, and they'll hang out, so you might be able to meet them, meet them there, too. So thanks, as always, Rob. You're doing a kick-ass job, buddy. Yep, we love it. I, I appreciate the support. Love you guys. Love the Dirt Life Show. I love my off-road family. Thank you very much. All right, homie. We'll see you later. Thanks so much. Tune in, and uh, you can say hi to Craig, too. Boom. All right, man. <laughs> we'll see you later. Bye. Dude, you were right. All the stuff we talked about at the beginning of the show, man, I need him on some more projects. He's an awesome dude. Dude, he I really mean. is. And, yeah, I mean, all the comments that came in. Well, um, we're going to have Craig Scanlon come on in a little bit, but uh, before we do, how comfortable are you with saying that these people follow the rules for this giveaway. <laughs> I think we're going to be, well, there's going to be way more people doing it. Yeah. So, so I think we're still going to have a percentage of not following. Right. But there's, there's I don't, but what? there's enough people like Grant and a couple <laughs> yeah, others that I read that, that went, I'll never do that again. <laughs> I did it like five times and then, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Uh, all right. So I'm going to uh, say it's going to happen once. All right. We'll see. So we're, uh, we're going to give away this awesome, DinoJet Stage 2 <laughs> performance tuning kit. Uh, Matt Burke over there at uh, DinoJet was ha- uh, gracious enough to give this. Uh, and uh, I think these things are in pretty high demand, too. Uh, yeah, I was doing a little reading. It sounds like they're in way high demand. So uh, whoever's going to get turbo. one of these, um, they may or may not be on back order. So you guys can uh, get your mittens on this bad boy. So XP let me get the turbo. Yeah, for the uh, XP Turbo. And uh, these things are actually super cool. I remember uh, I didn't have an XP Turbo, but uh, on my Polaris, I really, really could have used something like this because it was so difficult to flash the ECU and do all those things back in the day. So it's bitching to see companies like this uh, come out with these products. And they have a little computer module that comes with it. They got all the clutch weights. They got the clutch springs. I like that it's a one-box buy. There's two boxes inside the box. But I mean, you walk out with one thing for stage two. Yeah, exactly. Instead of call this guy for that, call this dude for this. 
That's yep. pretty oh, awesome. Oh, I see what you're saying. So yeah. you don't have to buy individual stuff? No, you're stuff. walking out with just, okay, everything I need to do this weekend to make this thing stage two. Exactly. That's pretty cool. So, And they make your freaking car rip, too. So <laughs> thank bet. you very much, Matt, for uh, giving this to us that so we can give to the audience. All right, Case, are you ready to figure this bad boy out? Let's do it. So everybody can see we got uh, the post pulled up right here. Well, here, I'll go back. Actually, I'm not going to go back because there's a lot of comments. But um, So we're going to go through the comments, and we're just going to pick somebody. So I'll just give her a nice little twirl, and then you can uh, – all right, go. Pick somebody. All right, we got Southern Arizona Classics. Okay, so Southern Arizona Classics. Drum all right. roll. Drum well, roll, please. Hold on. We got to see if they sent in uh, – <laughs> I don't remember getting a message from, from this guy on our story. So we, we might have to go again. So let me look in uh, in the messages to see if we have a uh... Oh dude, no. No. <laughs> I said one. Yeah. So I don't think he uh he actually followed the rules. Matt, these guys want this kit but they didn't want it enough to read the rules. Oh, Southern Arizona Classics. Man, bummed out for you, bro. Dude, I yeah, I'm really really sad for you, dude. That sucks. Uh let's see here. So let me go back to the post and we can get back on it and <clears throat> see if we can find some more people that does that's terrible man robert said like- robert said matt donated a clutch and tuner to our razor build for the combat wounded soldier double leg amputee tim hall oh really awesome that's cool all right we're gonna do it again so we're gonna go from the bottom and we're gonna scroll up this time see if we can find somebody go ahead all right i don't know how to pronounce that estreller 444 can you read that yeah, I, yeah, I Estreller444. Right. Four, four, four. So hold on. Let me uh, see if they sent us a message. They're not even following us. <laughs> Take it. Okay, so you automatically lose, bro. Uh, all right, let's do it again. Was once there. Come on. Please still Was, be there. Oh, they, dude, they did it cool, too, because they put three comments of three <laughs> people yes. singularly. So um, let's see if... It, Oh, their user's not even found, dude. It's, oh, look, it says user not even found. Oh, no. Oh, my God. This is such a waste of time. You guys got to <laughs> follow the freaking rules here. Um, okay. Let's do it again, bud. Uh, Ed Guitar 210. Oh, it looks like he might have followed the rules. Ed Guitar 210. Let's see. Okay. So, he it says follow back. So, we'll follow him. Ed Guitar 210. Let's see if uh, if he sent us a message real quick. Come on, Ed. Please, Ed. Let, yeah. let us make your day. Ed Guitar. Dude. I hope he followed us, man. <laughs> or he uh G U I T E R. Dude, come on, fingers. Imagine losing out on a stage in a free stage two kit. Agreed, Grant. Agreed. Yes! yes. He did it. So- Sweet. Ed Guitar 210, and all your uh, screen name says is Ed. So, um, yeah, I'm glad that you, uh, you you messaged us. So Your Razor is going to be so happy. Yeah, and he actually messaged us and even said, I can't figure out how to share this to my story. And uh, Sweet. So he was putting in the effort, that's for sure. Yes. So Ed Guitar 210, please uh, message us as uh, – well, and if he doesn't message us, who knows how good it is at using Instagram. But you got to slide into our DMs and message us, man, so you can get us your uh, – uh, name and email address and everything so we can send that ba- bad boy out to you guys. Um, dude, that's sweet, man. And if he doesn't, 
maybe we'll give it away again. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, thank you guys very much for joining in that giveaway. Thank you very much to Matt for uh, uh, giving that away. Uh, really, really appreciate it. That's going to make somebody's freaking car rip. So, stage two performance tuning kit from DinoJet for a Polaris Razor XP Pro. Thanks, Matt. Thanks so again, Matt. We're going to go to a commercial break, and we will be right back with Craig Scanlon. We'll see you guys in just a sec. Zollinger Racing builds the best aftermarket products available, products for your UTV or snowmobile, including billet radius rods, billet tie rods, billet steering knuckles, billet steering racks, alternator kits, and much more. All manufactured in the United States in-house at their headquarters in Nibley, Utah. Travis Zollinger and his team test in some of the most brutal conditions, racing in places like the Best in the Desert Mint 400, Ultra 4 King of the Hammers, UTV World Championships, and many more. Visit ZollingerRacingProducts.com and use the code DIRTLIFE to get 10% off your next purchase and join us on social media at Zollinger Racing Products to see our products in action. Zollinger Racing, the best products, period. Hello, I'm Justin, the founder of Shock Therapy. Shock Therapy has been around for five years, but we have personally been tuning suspension on off-road cars and race vehicles for over 25 years. We tune between 10 and 15 cars per day, every single day of the week. Our concentration is tuning shock systems and supplying components that improve the ride quality of your car in many ways. Not only do we work on the average UTV, but we also tune suspension for race teams and professional drivers. currently tuned for over 87 race teams in Best in the Desert and SCORE. Our clients and race teams rely on our suspension components to allow them to win races and keep them safe. Suspension is a moving target. We are always trying to hit that target with every customer that we work with. Each customer's needs can be different and we tune our kits accordingly. Our research and development never stops. We improve our components every single day. As the industry evolves and improves, so do our parts and kits. As of right now, we have over 100 products for UTVs. So when you bring your car to us, you have the satisfaction of knowing that you have the most experience, the highest quality products, and the fact that your car is being tuned specifically to you. Yeah, finally, we got Lance from Solderweld in the studio. Oh. Thanks for coming down, bud. Hey, why don't we just record a commercial now? Yeah, why not? So good to be here, man. It's been a lot. I've been trying to get down here forever, uh, and I uh, wanted to talk about the off-road kit. Dude, I love those things. I got it in uh, my pack. 
Yeah, we're running uh, hundreds of uh, vehicles now running them, whether it's a UTV or some guy's got it in a backpack and was motocross. He's got uh, everything he needs to make a fix right there on the fly, out on the trail, uh, or in the desert, whatever it is. Well, since I've already used one, I kind of know what to use it for, but uh, explain what it does. All right, so let's pull one out real quick. You've got your aluminum rods. Remember, they're rods, right? So, uh, you know, light torch, small torch. You can uh, throw it in there or throw it on the rig with your flux. It decontaminates and cleans like, a, let's say, a radiator. You get a random rock chip runs through uh, as you're racing. You get a rock chip and a radiator. you got to fix it right there or you're yep. out of the race. You can patch it up. You can patch it up. It's all good to go. Yep, just like welding. Yeah, also as well with that, you've got a brake line fix. So uh, with your flux, you can fix a uh, brake line, stainless steel, steel, and then uh, your hop lock, heat absorption putty. So it yep. keeps you from getting burned, number one, as well as keeps the heat from traveling. So uh, it's really, uh, really nice. I've used this not even to fix anything. So it's, that stuff works <laughs> it's, so good, man. Listen, it's easy. It's uh, It straps in nicely so that you uh, have everything you need in one little place and you don't have to carry a big bag in it's the It's like a uh, first truck. aid uh, kit for your vehicle. Yeah, chase trucks have it as well so that, uh, you know, if they need to make a fix on the fly, they can get it done and get it done quick and get you back in the race. Dude, those things are so cool. All right, so at SolderWeld on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, SolderWeld.com. Awesome. All right, thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Yeah, 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 we are back. And uh, we would like to welcome the man, the myth, the legend, Craig Scanlon. He's the uh, president of Trans-American Auto Parts, which is four-wheel parts. He was the uh, chief marketing and retail officer over at Polaris Industries for a while, which uh, entailed a lot, like doing the uh, off-road racing stuff. Uh, he grew up in Pennsylvania. He graduated from the University of uh, Maryland, I think is right. He's uh, an avid off-road racer for, with score and best in the desert. He's uh, won the Baja 500, which is a very, very big accolade. And uh, Scanlon Motorsports, Motorsports Group is located in Phoenix, Arizona. And Craig continues to obviously chase his dreams to win as many score and best in the desert races as possible. So we'd like to welcome Craig Scanlon to the show. How's it going, Craig? It's going great, guys. Thanks for having me. I uh, really appreciate it. Well, and uh, congrats to you guys. I mean, when I first talked to you, that was amazing. It was like, hey, I want you to be in the show. I'm like, sure. I'm thinking it's like in a week. And it's like, what now? Two and a half months later, I'm finally in the show. Dude. That's how booked out you guys are. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool, man. And we were talking about a little earlier on the show. Like, uh, well, first of all, our off-road community is, is small compared to a lot of the other sports, stick and ball sports or even dirt bike racing for that matter. So um, we have to obviously put it in perspective. But the show has grown so much, man. I'm stoked. Like we're booked out until almost the end of August now. Like it's it's insane. And uh, now you know I used to have to call and ask everybody if they want to be on this little janky show, and now people are calling us. So it's it's pretty cool, man. I'm stoked. It's wicked cool. It's wicked cool. And I watched the show a couple of times. You guys do a great job. It's uh, it's a great format. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate I really that, appreciate Craig. it. So the main thing is is that you and I actually talked about this a little bit uh, during the week. Is that you know, people see you at the track or they see, you know, other people at the track and, and people that we have on as our featured guest. And, you know, they go, wow, I just had a conversation with that guy and I could totally be friends with him or or now I feel like I know him more than what I've seen on social media. And that's one of the things that we really like to unlock on this show is, you know, I've seen you around. But I don't really know who you are. You know, I know that you have a, a fantastic job. You have a fantastic team that you work for. And you've done some very, very amazing things for the side-by-side -side industry. But who really is Craig Scanlon? You know, like, where did you grow up? I uh, grew up in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. It's a steel town north of Philadelphia by about 45 minutes. Uh, pretty small town. 
Um, but not tiny or anything like that by any stretch of imagination, but uh, grew up in a town that where everybody played football and wrestled, you know, and and, and played baseball in the spring. And uh, so if you talked about the whole off-road world and dirt bikes and all that good stuff, I mean, there's, there's, there's folks up there that do that, over there that do that, but it just wasn't really in line of sight for me growing up. And, you know, and I, and I didn't really do it until uh, I joined Polaris, and that was – I've been probably now 17 years. So. That's that like, that's so. that fact for me is like pretty mind boggling. Cause it's like you grow up your whole life, not knowing about this off-road world. Like the reason that we started the dirt life is because Casey and I and other people that are uh, members of the team have really kind of grew up with that. And Craig is the epitome of the dirt life now, but he didn't grow up doing that. So it's really cool to see that the different steps in life. Do you, did you know uh, where he lived? Do you? Well, when he said Bethlehem Steel, right? Everybody knows anything yeah. about, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. like, uh, yeah, right. Uh, Steelers, the whole nine, right? Everything uh, about yeah, that. That's pretty cool. Lots of history out there. So I tons remember- of history, tons of history. Cool place to grow up. Uh, great place to visit. I mean, it's a beautiful place, but uh, you know, I, I wouldn't change. You know, the West Coast is kind of where I want to be at, and for all the things I like to do, I wouldn't even know. I, to be honest, I wouldn't even know where to go riding there. I'm sure there's some places, but it's a lot of private land and things of that nature. So, one thing I remember about we had to go to uh, to Pittsburgh 2017 or no 2018, um, and I remember them just having amazing sandwiches. Like the sandwiches are mind blowing. There are some pretty awesome places that you have to go. I'm sure he's got all of them. We walked in I don't know 16 or 17 below zero weather when I was out there for training one year to go to Permanti Brothers. And oh yeah, I got, oh that's where we went. And yeah. I got the wrong sandwich that like the one they're famous for, and it wasn't that good. And my buddy got some other one. And he's like, "This is the best dude, thing I've ever had in my life." <laughs> dude, we I got yeah. the fa- that famous one. It had French fries on it. It yep. had coleslaw on yep. it. It was dude. It was stacked up. It was all right, but whatever he got was like hands down ten times better. Was it? Oh it, yeah. Do you got a favorite sandwich shop back there? <laughs> You know, it's, I grew up on the eastern part of Pennsylvania, so, you know, Pittsburgh's on the western part. They're a little different than, uh, you know, we have the Philly cheesesteak deal, and yeah, uh, there's better. always a big argument between Pat's and Gino's, and I'm a Pat's cheesesteak person, and With it's amazing. They're right across the street, and they make them pretty much, they, it's the same exact ingredients, but everybody has their favorite, and Pat's is mine. Wit whiz. Pat's is kind of like the soup Nazi on the Seinfeld show. If you watch that, line <laughs> oh yeah. If you have, when you walk up, you have to have your order exactly right, or they kick you you're out, out and you're like, get down the street. I love Dude, it. So. Those are the jam. Those places are super cool because you can get back to work <laughs> yeah. so quick. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Well, growing up it's out cool there, part. like, so you said that you did do stick and ball sports, then? Yeah, that's all I did. Uh, I mean, I, I played football, I wrestled, and I, I played baseball all the way growing up, and threw a little basketball in there, but. You know, as Rob said, I'm only five foot two or whatever the hell he said. So, you know, it wasn't real <laughs> basketball. There wasn't real long live for me. Um, hey, Rob, way, I think Rob, your Polaris Razor budget just, just got cut, clear. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear, I'm five foot seven on a good day. So I don't want to, I don't know what Rob's talking about just because he's a monster. Um, but yeah. So yeah, I grew up playing football was my main sport. I played football all the way up in, in, into college. And, uh, and uh, so yeah, I was always competitive. And that was kind of, what really drew me to desert racing, I, I spent a lot of time with the guys from Jagged X when I was just doing a marketing role at, at Razor and um, went went to races and chased with those guys and eventually got to the point where it was time to get in a, in a car and I actually and navigated for somebody for a couple races and then switched to the other seat, you know, so 
that's how the whole thing got started. I mean, there's a there's a way more elegant story behind it where they came to me and said, we were launching a new vehicle and a bunch of our competitors had slipped on their launch dates, you know, and, and they launched the vehicle, but then they didn't ship it for like six to eight months. And one of the marketing directors, I was kind of a little senior level at this point, but one of the marketing directors came to me and said, we want to show the world that anybody can drive these things, right. like literally anybody. And so we want to put somebody who's considered a suit behind the wheel and let them go race. And I'm like, this is a fantastic idea. Who do you guys want to do it? And they're like, you're going to go do it. And I'm like, and I'm not going to lie, a little bit of me always wanted to do it anyway. So I was kind of, I hemmed and hawed for a little bit, but then jumped in. So, and they didn't realize at that time, that point in time, they were creating a monster. So, um, I, once I got in the car at the first Parker race with Bill Schuler from Jagged X, uh, I never got out. So, first of all we love that story and we're going to get into it a little bit Absolutely. more but uh, the comments are blowing up <laughs> so we gotta we gotta mention the lucretia's i think is the funniest one she goes i remember your first race i won <laughs> <laughs> she's badass yeah she the OG. is Dude, she, she is really the is man it, and they're just such an awesome when it family. comes to female racers she's she is the one man she was from minute one she was out there and you know, with her family, and uh, you know, I, I just remember her being the one that always was out there racing, and Kristen, and a whole bunch of other, you know, wonderful women racers. But Chris, or Lucretia was the OG for sure. Uh, what it, what was uh, actually Kristen commented too? What was her comment, Casey? Chris said, uh, "Wayne Matlock and I, along with quite a few other racers, owe our racing careers to Craig." One hundred. I I think that's actually a pretty uh, a same statement across the board. Like, there's a lot of people that do. Um, I, you know, I've had a couple conversations this week with numerous people, Craig, that have uh, knew that you were coming on the show, and they've said, all said the same thing. Like, wow, I can't believe that uh, he's taking the time to do the show. First, first of all, it's awesome. Um, and then second, to know that they are really understanding of the level of effort that you put in at the beginning. Like when Polaris said, we want a suit to get in a car. Like, First of all, it is an amazing idea, but yeah. that's also a little bit of a crazy idea too. <laughs> sure. So to to hear them come at it like that and to see the success afterwards, hindsight's twenty twenty, but it's pretty phenomenal, man. Yeah, and and you know, I, it's it's so funny because I, I I've had people tell me that to my face before, and uh, it's it's so ridiculous because the, what I've gotten out of the relationships with you know the Matlocks and you know, Sims and RJ Anderson and Lucretia and everything. I mean, that's kind of, they're like my group, right? I mean, everywhere I go, I mean, I'm spending time with people like that. They're, they're my friend group, you know? So I've gotten way more out of it than any of they've gotten out of it. So, uh, it's, uh, I'm more appreciative of all of them than they, than they should be of me for sure. Yeah. That's a pretty humble thing to say. Well, let's, uh, let's take a step back real quick then. So when, uh, when you were in, Pennsylvania, um, you decided to obviously go to to college. What was the? Uh, I always like to understand this because when you're 16 or 17 years old, you always have this like either dream in your mind or you have no fucking clue what you want to do, right? So, what was you? What were you thinking as a as a kid that was graduating high school, being like, "All right, I'm going to be a professional off road racer," or were you thinking, "Okay, I got to go to college and get a degree"? Yeah, I was I was wanting to play more football. Um, and you know, so for me, it was just, you know, uh, it was, how, how can I continue to play football? And, and I knew I did, and I knew I wanted to go to college. My mother was actually the first person first, of uh, you know, there's two people in my family that graduated from college at that point in time. And she was the first, and she went to night school being a single mom. 
And, uh, and, and so watching her struggle and do that route, it was like, I have to go to college right out of high school and get a degree and get my, put myself in a better position. You know, it's funny because my son and I are talking about this now about, do I have to go to college to be successful? The answer is absolutely not, you know, but it does open a lot of doors for you. But so I knew I wanted to go to college and I knew I wanted to play more football. I had no idea what I wanted to be when I grew up, you know? So, so it's, I changed majors a couple of times and, uh, so yeah, that, and my degree in accounting and finance, and uh, I'll tell you, the CFO at, at TAP reminds me quite often that I'm not very good at accounting and finance. So, <laughs> the, uh, so Phil D'Souza, motivator, is actually watching the show. He uh, he reminds me that I did accounting and finance a long time ago. But you know, so when I went to school, I had no idea what I was going to school for. I just knew that a degree was going to open a lot of doors for me. Um, you know, maybe maybe you know, get me out of that small town and. And, you know, and, and it's funny where it's landed me at this point in time. So, uh, so yeah, I kind I knew I wanted to do something else. I just didn't know what that was at that point in time. So we have, we have this, uh, like, I don't want to say it's a running conversation because it differs every bit, every time we talk to people, but we always know under, under, try to understand people because the show is called the dirt life. So it's generally just about people's lives. Right. And we, Casey and I always think about this. We think this could be the smartest person on the planet. This could be a person that's not as smart, they should be a hard worker, a lazy, whatever it is. And generally speaking, when people work hard, they put their effort into it and they're nice and they leave a good following. It usually leads to some sort of successful path. And it sounds like, you know, whether you knew it or not, you were leaving that same path, even though you may or may not have noticed or known what you wanted to do when you were graduating college. Yeah, it was one that, I mean, I'll tell you, through my corporate career, you know, I started out as a cost account, which was the most boring thing I've ever done in my life, sitting in a cubicle every day, taking a post-it note and covering up the time on my computer so, <laughs> so I wouldn't realize that it was going minute by minute while I was looking at it. Um, I don't nice. look at my, the time on my computer anymore these days. My job's a little more exciting than that. <clears throat> but, you know, I'll, you know I, I would just say, for me, I, I just experienced so many different things throughout my career, you know, from the career standpoint, that I always wanted to do more. You know, when I was doing when I was doing sales, I wanted to do marketing. When I was doing marketing, I wanted to do product planning. When I wanted when I was doing product planning, I wanted more I know more about engineering and you know, and just always trying to not necessarily go back to school and learn, but always trying to learn on the on the run there a little bit. So, you know, that was always a big thing for me. And it's been the same thing in the racing world too. I mean, I remember my first race when I was behind the wheel, like the guy who was co driving for me, Keith, who's my co driver and still to this day. Um, and I haven't raced a single mile without Keith sitting next to me in eight years. Um, when it got dusty, we were going on Shea Road in Parker, and it got dusty, and I couldn't see, so I just stopped. I'm like, I can't see, so I'm going to stop. He's like, hey, man, you got to go. We're going to get run over here. You're going to get us killed. And I'm yeah. like, what do you mean I can't see? So, it, you know, learn how to drive in the dust. But it's, you know, whether it's in your corporate life or your personal life, just always trying to do a little bit more and, and you know, kind of expand your comfort level on things is kind of always worked out for me so far yeah and that's the way we always think too or we always try to see if we can reiterate a lot of times when we talk to kids nowadays too is is we just always try to make sure that we tell them always moving forward like always push forward just always think about what's what's the next thing because you can get so complacent especially with all these different things that happen in social media and all this content that you can get around you like you never really get bored so to speak because you always have so much shit to consume so right and if you're not if you're not a little out of your comfort level 
yeah, you're, you're not, not you're not going moving forward. One hundred percent. And that, so that's kind of the next uh, transition that I wanted to talk about with Craig was. Oh, actually, there's some comments that come in. Yeah, right? there's a whole bunch. I'm yeah, gonna real have quick to do before you scrolling. move on, the, the the one thing I'll throw in there with you know being nice, working hard is loyalty. You know, it it's uh, it's it's funny because all the folks that have been loyal to me, I'm loyal to them as well. And I, I it's as you're going through life, it's real easy to to, you know, be on somebody's good side or have somebody's back when times are good. It's who's going to have your back when times are bad, you know, and, uh, right. and making sure that you do that for somebody else too. People might get in the unpopular position at points in time. You got to pick the people who are going to have their back. Like I look at the folks that have worked with me for a long time. A lot of folks at Four Parts now are, are, are people that used to work with me back at Polaris Razor and I've brought them out to California. You know, they moved to California and they work in Compton every day. And we're working at four parts, and it's because they're people that I've been loyal to, and they know I'll have their back, and I know they'll have my back. And loyalty in this world is a huge thing, and and uh, having you know finding the folks that will have your back, and you got to have their back too. It's a new yeah, and integrity. It's yeah. it's doing the doing the right thing when nobody's looking, right? And you can count on it. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. A, yeah. It's easy. It's easy to do the right thing when everything's going great. Just like you said. Um, yep, those are character defining moments for sure. Well, yeah. So I actually have a, a good a good un- understanding of that too, and it it works both ways, right? So like uh, we're talking kind of in a, in a racing sense here because we're or we're getting talk about like he's talking about an employee sense too. But um, in the racing stuff, I had uh, achieved a level of getting a sponsorship by a certain manufacturer, and I had done everything a hundred percent, and I had escalated what I was doing with them and, and really, really done a good job in what I thought was happening. And unfortunately it wasn't paid back to me. And so I was, you know, not upset where I was, you know, doing anything wrong with them, but I was a little hurt because that loyalty didn't come back to me when I thought I was doing a good job. And so it doesn't just work both ways. It's not like a manufacturer coming out and saying, Oh, that racer was never loyal, you know, like he's clipped or whatever. It works both ways. And, Craig's position, and we'll get into it in a little bit, he saw that, and he goes out and seeks people that they can have that solid relationship, and a handshake means the world to the, to those people. So it's really, really cool to see that he operates his business like that and his life like that. Yeah, and not to, not to downplay a, a racing relationship. It's a professional relationship. Yeah. No, no different than in any other profession. So um it's very important anybody out there that's striving to you know to make it don't forget that it's just as big a stage as uh any other profession yeah what do they say like what your mom teaches you to grow up do one to others as they do to you yeah the golden rule yep absolutely so um let's see we already did where'd you grow up and then so to get into this whole motorsports thing you started working for polaris did you know that any of that was going to come or were you just like hey i'm going to go down a career path no, I mean, I, I was I was working at a company called Ingersoll Rand at the time, and I we were, I was I moved out of out of finance and was selling construction equipment because that's what they made, made Bobcat and paving equipment, and actually sold drills into mining, you know, mining drills and things of that nature. And and I got a call one day from a company called Polaris, and I knew a little bit about them because we had we had snowmobiles growing like old snowmobiles growing up, and uh, and my grandfather who was in construction thought it was crazy leaving. Ingersoll ran a, you know, a, you know, a giant a seven. Yeah. Yeah. A giant. You know, yep. 60,000 employees to go work at Polaris yep. who had only had about 1400 employees at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have Rangers and razors and all that good stuff. So, 
but that's how I made the transition. I, I moved and was a factory rep for Polaris in uh, eastern Pennsylvania, Delaware, and Maryland. You know, covered those three states, going from dealer to dealer, and you know, I did a pretty good job. And one day, I got a call from corporate saying, "We want you to come up here and and work on some things here." And moved uh, from Pennsylvania to Minnesota at the time, and you know, and that's a pretty my way up to there. That's a pretty uh, a ballsy move, actually. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like most, Grandpa said. Yeah, well, yeah. Like most people would actually yeah. probably lean on the the area your grandpa. Like understanding that. What was the passion or decision making process behind that? You know, it was it was kind of just I really like the the products, and I I know if I can I know if I'm passionate about something, I will work ten times harder at it. Yeah, and amen to that. Even yeah. though I even though I didn't know much about about ATVs and at the time watercraft and snowmobiles, it was like, this is something I think I can really get into. You know, it kind of goes back to, I was super competitive as a kid, you know, and as a, as well, kind of am now too, I guess. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, not, not having sports anymore in my life, it was something that I was like, I need something to put myself into. So I kind of knew when I took the, the role that I was kind of really going to get into the product that I ever think that, you know, I would be, you know, racing, you know, score and best in the desert, you know, with uh, a relatively high level, you know, golf cart team. I'll M&M, I'll, I'll the I'm an eight mile, the trophy truck guy, so they can't <laughs> yep. make fun of me. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, but, you know, I, I never, I never once considered that part, but I knew I, I was going to get involved in a company who had products that I was going to be able to be passionate about. Yeah, it's crazy that uh, when... That's huge. Well, when you do put your passion, like, what was that? That was... When did you start working for Polaris? 2004. Oh, yeah. man. So just think about... 2000, 2002. Sorry, 2002. So just think about that progression. Oof, 18 the, like, years ago. If, if you look at the timeline, though, like that progression... Yeah, of what it was to what it's now. Yeah, what, yeah. The, and that's a short amount of time, oh, right? But, yeah, uh, so we'll get into that. Are there any comments that you want to say here? There are, oh. There's so <laughs> many. Uh, yeah, well, I really want to catch up on these because everybody's listening. And um, Can you roll up a little bit? Jason Merrill said, uh, where's the uh, Wolfpack onesies? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good story actually <laughs> is, is that something that we can say on the air we well it's just a stupid thing we we wanted to get adult size onesies and wear them to camp razor and, and i told him if you got him i'd wear Perfect. one so right they on. actually had got me a wolf pack they got me a wolf pack wrestling single at one time and i and i don't think i was in really good shape so i couldn't get myself to put it on that you was get, nice of them. You had to get your wrestling body back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Caden uh, says you're always pushing pushing him to do his best in school. It's the most important thing to him, and he's so thankful for that. Yeah. That's really cool. So that says a lot to, uh, yep. about Craig as a person because um, Caden is a Polaris driver, right? And uh, he's a very smart young young kid. But um, you know his his mom is really really. 100% goal oriented. So it's good that Craig is also like that and helps yep, him with that. Rightly too. so, for sure. There was, there was a couple of choice um, wrestling comments. <laughs> I don't know if we want to <laughs> go back to them or not. One of them was Rob. It was pretty funny. Yeah, we'll leave that one out. Yeah. <laughs> you can just read those last ones. Uh, ba- Blake Vanderloo. Yep. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Professional oh, relationships. Yeah. Well, yep. in that case, I have no Craig stories. <laughs> Professional, right. <laughs> right. Robert I, I, and I t- You know, I, li- I like to have a little bit of fun every once in a while. So, in a, so in a more... I'm sure there's quite a few stories out there. Um, the Caden one, going back to that one real quick, is uh, when I started my team, I wanted to bring a, 
I, we called it Scandal Motorsports Group for a reason because there's only one of these so far. And it was like, let's grab some junior kids and, and bring them in. Caden was the very first one because he was always the kid at every race would come up and want to get a picture taken with me. And But it wasn't just that. It was his whole family. He'd come up, but he'd have a real conversation with me. And I was always so impressed by him that he was the first kid we brought into SMG um, as one of our junior racers. And now we have five. And, you know, we, we also actually this year started a junior race program at we call it the Foral Parts Futures team. Um, and, you know, Cash LaCroix and, and Caden and Ethan Groom and a, a bunch of kids that we brought on. And we're paying, we're actually, we're paying them money. And we're also, they're part of the Foral Parts official team and also part of the SMG team. So Foral Parts pays them and then I pay them separately. And the only rules we have for them, we, they said, well, what do you want our logos to look like? What do you want this to look like? I said, I don't even care if you run a logo. Um, there's two things you got to do. If I get a bad report from your parents that you're not behaving and, you know, being nice to your sisters and brothers and not being respectful to them, you're out. Awesome. The second one was every quarter I need to get your grades. Oh, cool. You know, and Caden was the first one I did that with. And it was every single quarter, if I don't get your grades and they're not suitable, you're out. You know, so so those are the two big rules we have. And outside of that, I don't even care if they run a logo. It's a, it's you know, it's about them putting themselves in a better position for the future. Everybody says What's the best way for me to be in a position to pay for myself to race when I'm older? Well, get yourself a good job so that if you if you want to be able to pay for yourself, <laughs> yep, you can. Yep, there you, you go. Know, and, uh, and sponsors will come at that point if you're doing well. So Yeah, like and that, if the passion's the there. Thing. Yep, like you say, and representing yeah. yourself um, in the correct way. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Uh, we've talked with it a little bit, and you might be able to expand on this. I'll run through uh, an example because it was me personally. So when I wanted to get into short course racing, I didn't have the opportunity to do it because it was so financially uh, draining. So I worked with uh, – uh, I have a little advertising agency, and I built websites and stuff, and I worked with Casey Curry for a little bit. He let me drive his pro light truck, and I said, wow, I really want to do this. And this was kind of the same time uh, you started, like 2008, 2010 area, and uh, – I go, there's no way I'm going to be able to afford this. So for me to be able to get into it, I had to do something that was, I don't know, you know, mind altering or whatever you want to call it. So I decided since I can't walk very good, maybe I'll try to ride my bicycle as far as I can. And so I started riding my bicycle and I had to work on this. I had a goal in the end of five years to be able to get somebody to help me pay for a side by side. I saved up half of the money and I saved up and I got uh, a company Supercuts during that five years, which is a haircut chain, to give me the other money to be able to pay the other half. And I bought a Polaris Razor UTV Wolfpack car. And so it took me five years to be able to get to that point where I could actually afford to actually buy a side-by-side, let alone race it. So it was really cool to have those people that were very like-minded like you at the UTV Wolfpack to take me under their wing and to show me all those things and understand that I worked that hard to be able to get to that point and that I was going to put in the effort to do it. So when you say stuff like, uh, you know, I don't care if you run a logo, that's the same stuff that the Wolfpack guys said. They just said, work hard. Right. So it's really, right, I love that. And, 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 and that's awesome. That's a, that's a great story. And it's very important for a lot of people to hear, you know, it was, you set yourself a goal and it didn't happen overnight, but you worked toward it. You never gave up on it. And I think there's just so much now where, where folks go out and they race one race and they go, where's my sponsorship? You know, right. and, uh, you know, it's, it's not just about that one race or it's not just about, Hey, I'm a really good, I'm a really good rider. And so now I'm going to go race next year. Yeah, I need you to sponsor me you know, go out there and, and, and earn it, you know, and, and put the work in. And, you know, that's the, the, the best folks on the players team that I see, 
there are all people that have spent years racing yep. and building themselves up and, and putting a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in their own money in the programs to the, until they, you know, and, not, and we're not talking about people with millions of dollars either. We're talking about people who, you know, will, you know, work all day turning wrenches and then go home all night and turn wrenches. And, and, and those are the people that I find be the most successful because once they do get a little bit of funding, holy crap, they take their levels that much yep. higher, you know, level and their up. programs go through the roof, right? Yeah, 100%. And that's what is nice to be able to understand. Like, and we'll talk about your, your path that you went on to, but it's nice to be able to understand that about you, that you can actually see through the glitz and glamour of what people try to put, you know, like, like I said before, like people want to know more than what's on social media. And that's what you look forward to. Oh, thank you very much for the, for the comment, Jason. He said that George buses his ass to race. I really appreciate that. What were the other comments to that that point? Um, Robert Blanton chimed in and said, you've always been willing to step out of your comfort zone. It's easy to toe the line. It's difficult to seize an opportunity outside of the comfort zone or to blaze a new path. That's, that's pretty cool. That is really cool. I wonder if he, do you have any examples of that, uh, that comfort zone? I would uh, assume that them telling you that you had to get into a Polaris razor and be the, the the suit like you did in quotes, even though you wanted to, (laughs) Was that yeah. a? I, you know, I mean, it, throughout my whole life, it, it's all. See, I always tell people to, to take calculated risks. You know, right. um, you know, taking blind risks, I, I don't, I don't necessarily recommend. But calculated risks, like uh, you know, leaving accounting and going in and saying, okay, I'm going to go into sales now. Not necessarily something that most people do, but for me, it was, it was a calculated risk. Moving from you know, being out and being a factory rep for Polaris and moving my moving all the way halfway across the country and taking a corporate job at Polaris, that was a calculated risk. You know, um, leaving Jagged X when I was racing for them and starting my own program, you know, that was a calculated risk. You know, there's just, you know, I would just tell you, it's, yeah, if, if you feel a little bit uncomfortable, you, feeling a little uncomfortable is great. Feeling yep. massively uncomfortable all the time, that's, that's not a good recipe for success either, but... Right. A little bit of discomfort, a little bit of stress, actually makes makes a lot of people better. So, and it makes you able to take your what your stress levels up. Meaning, everybody's always like, "How do you handle, you know, nineteen hundred employees, and then you in the race program, and two, you know, fourteen year old and eleven year old son, and how do you handle all that stuff?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't handle it well all the time, but I, I think over over my career, the stress has gone up." You know, and I've been able to, it's like a muscle. I've been able to build up to it, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, like Jeremy Merrill has massive biceps. He didn't have massive biceps <laughs> the first time he picked up a weight. He built up to those biceps. You know, I've done the same thing with, like, stress levels. And I think if people would just take a little bit more stress, not not from zero to 100, but just keep knocking it up before they know it. The stuff that used to stress them out doesn't stress them out anymore. That's true. Dude, I agree with that 100%. Um, I grew up like following him in racing motocross, following Casey sitting right next to me, racing motocross and stuff. And the things that he would do um, would always stress me out because I would be like, now I have to do that. Or like, what the (laughs) heck, man? So he he was a a really big, uh, I don't know, culprit of me increasing my stress level all the time. But I can agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. Yeah, instigator. Um, so there's two things that we want to talk about. In the next transition, and Jason Merrill just commented in and said that you're a huge uh, part or reason why the industry has you know grown leaps and bounds. And I definitely agree with that as well. But I kind of wanted to break that down into a couple pieces. And before we talk about the the little things that you've done and the way that you worked with all of the racers and stuff, is there something that you can kind of expand on in what you just said to tell people? 
working with 1,900 people, having a family, and doing all these multitasking things like what Robert Blanton said on the earlier portion of the show and still getting these things done, does that help? Or is there any transition that helps SMG or the racing program? Like, can you plug them together? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my boys, uh, you know, just recently have started spending a lot of time with me in razors and things like that. So that, that part's starting to cross over. And now that my the boys are getting older, going down to Mexico and pre-running and racing is going to be something we're really excited about. Um, but, you know, to be honest, I mean, to my I'm very lucky. I have a great team down in down in Glendale uh, run by the program is pretty much run by Keith Redford, my co-driver. Um, and, and Greg Forsberg is my chief mechanic and, and he works on the car. Um, a lot of what I have, I mean, I just have a great, I have a great team at, at four parts. I have a great team on the race team and I couldn't, I would be zero without either one of those teams. If I had to do everything at four parts, that place would be a disaster. If I had to do everything for the race team, that would be a disaster. And the fact that we've, I've just, I've been lucky enough to have relationships and find people in both areas that, have maybe be, made me be able to do the things I love to do is just a, a blessing, so to speak. And uh, but as far as the racing stuff, I mean Joey D, like it, it's funny because he always explains it. He explained it to me the best last year. Um, if I was to take vacation and go sit on a beach, I would pull my eyeballs out by the second day. Yeah, um, he said, you know, because I would be thinking about work and all the things I have to do and all the things I didn't get done and all that good stuff. He goes, you need to be in a race car, you know, with zero chance to think about anything else except yep. that race in order, to, in order to relax. He's like, that's, you know, that's your getaway. Um, so racing, you know, the, the blessing of it has been. So let me interrupt you, know, you real quick. That. Have you seen the Laird yeah. Hamilton documentary? Oh, yeah, I was I went to uh, I went to uh, I saw it in person when they, they launched it at uh, at uh, why am I, uh, Cameron's place. Yeah. So. That what you just said is exactly how he operates. It's exactly the same way. Like there's a lot of people in the world that are very, very similar to what Craig just said, that unless you have a complete focus on where you're going, you can't really relax, you know, and we just actually had somebody just chime in too. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but Jason Stilgabar, uh, Craig is so focused and driven. It's It's inspiring. So that's, goes along with what you just said well, wholeheartedly. Appreciate that, Jason. Jason's a good dude. <clears throat> Jam and Jay. He was, Jam he, and uh, Jay? That's he actually a... just, he just did my, uh, he, just, he just photographed my 68 Bronco out of Johnson Valley a couple weeks ago. He dude, I want to talk job. about that thing. That's <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. And, uh, He's the one who got me to get it dirty. I wasn't going to get it dirty until he kind of coaxed me into it. And I fell for it. I fell for peer pressure that day. Dude, so there was so much shot. dust in some of those videos and stuff. Were you just covered? Yes. Oh, yes. man. Yes. <laughs> and, and the inside of the and, and the vehicle was pretty covered, too. Thank goodness for detailing. <laughs> That's crazy. So. Yeah, I'm sure that the inside of the car was hammered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, I didn't mean to interrupt you if you had a train of thought that you were going on there, but um, it it's pretty awesome to see that and to understand that. And for me especially, because I've been thinking about uh, uh, trying to get in the race car to give myself a little bit of therapy again. Um, I'm a little scared, honestly, um, and not scared because I don't think that I want to do it. It's because I'm a little bit scared of 
maybe kind of like what you thought when you first got in your first race car, like, what if I make a mistake or what if I can't do it the way I used to be able to, or what's new or, or these certain things that are going to pop up. And I know that you've had those same things happen in both racing and your professional life as well. So what advice can you give me or some of the people that are watching to be able to push through that? Well, I think, I think there's different levels of success, right? I mean, you know, if, if you're, if you're Wayne Matlock and you don't win the Baja 500 next month that, you know, you view that as a failure, but for other people, it's just finishing the Baja 500 yeah. or, you know, or, or ironmaning a race, you know, it, it's, you know, and I, I set different goals for my team too. Our, our first goal is to, is to win the race. And then as the race is going on, all right, let's get on the podium, you know, let's get a top 10, but there's been other races where it's like, we've blown six belts and because you know, we didn't have the clutches lined up right or something like that. And it's like, we just, it's like, we're going to finish this race, you know, and, and we, you know, it, it, and we might finish dead last, but we're not going to put, we're not going to put the car on the trailer, you know? So I think for anybody racing, set a goal that you can hit, you know, not a challenge, but something, you know, and something that you can control like you, you can control finishing a race, right? You know, your first time out, I'm going to finish and then work your way up from that. You know, my first time out, I was like, I'm just going to try not to, to get myself killed here or get anybody else hurt, and I'm going to finish this race. And before you know it, the third pro season we were in, we, were finished, we finished third on the podium in best and desert points, you know, and, you know, and we did a lot in between there to get better. And, but, you know, it's, it's set a goal and go get it because that's the beauty of racing. I love racing because, you know, on a, in a side-by-side race, in some of the races, there's 100 side-by-sides to line up to. There's only going to be one winner. You know, so it's going to be hard to win. So you got to figure out what works and, 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 and set a goal and go for that goal, whether it be finishing top 10, top three, whatever. Yeah. The, I'm losing you guys. We're, we're, you know, we, we're good. The, uh, we had a couple comments coming in, so we were checking them. There's right. actually you got me thinking. I'm yeah. thinking so, a lot here. Robert, Robert Blanton's comment isn't directly related to this, but it's still the same thing. He said, you know, racing is is a getaway, and he would put a question mark on that. And he said that's exactly what adrenaline therapy is for those veterans as well. And uh, we got a couple more. Thank you very much, Kristen, for, you know, giving me support. Um, Lucretia said that her goal is just finishing Baja. That's a win for her. And uh, Seth, Seth Quintero just commented in too, Craig! Um, so <laughs> first of all, it's really cool to see all these people so supportive of you. It's, it's really nice to see. And uh, one of the things that I actually forgot to mention before when you were talking is when you talk about having a great team and all that, a lot of that is related. I actually told Casey this, the same thing last time, last episode. A lot of that is related to the way that you deal with them. You deal with the people and you have to really give yourself a pat on the back sometimes, you know, like over the past year, since I've had so many injuries and so many different things happen, I've been on an emotional roller coaster. So I'll get up in the morning and instead of being a cocky asshole, I'll just give myself a pat on the bat and be like, dude, you got this today. You really did good. Like you're doing an awesome job. And I think that a lot of, a lot of people on your team, a lot of people like yourself really do that very, very well. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it be at work or the race team, and I, I'll tell you, my race team, the, the guys from Arizona, you know, they, they, it's crazy to me because everybody's like, you must pay these guys so much money to go out there and race. And I, I don't, I, you know, we, we have lots of Coors Light, you know, we have, <laughs> and, and, and we have, we always have great gear for the guys and we always feed them really well. Um, but it's just, it, we've, when, when Keith and I, Keith and I kind of started the program together because when we decided 
to start on start the own program. Of course, it was my program, but we were doing it together. And one rule we had was we're going to be we're going to be we're going to have fun and we're going to be a family. You know, and um, that's kind of the way the team is. It's it's between you know all the guys and and their wives and their kids. It's you know I, I watched uh, Greg Forsberg, our, our, our you know our mechanic or I would say crew chief. His son was getting inducted into the military last week. You know, oh, cool. right around Memorial Day, and he would but he was wearing an SMG shirt when he was doing it. Oh wow, that's you know, super and that, cool. And yeah, and that's and that's the kind of stuff, right? It's 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 amazing. We never thought we would. You know, it's just a little race team, you know, and, and there's so many of them out there. That's the coolest part about off-road is we're just one of the hundreds of these cool little race teams that are these little families. Yeah. Look at the Matlocks. The Matlocks are a husband-wife duo. They, they're it's arguably the most successful racing team in side-by-side history, you know, along with Jagged X and a couple other folks. And the guys and gals that, that race with them, do it because they just love being around Kristen and Wayne and being part of the race team. Yep. How cool is that? Yeah. You know, in, in, a, in a world where everybody wants to get paid for even just looking at something or posting something. Totally. You know, there's, there's still people out there kind of doing things for the soul of it. it yeah. That le- that's going to get us into our next topic, but, uh, well, before we go, I, Craig, I got to tell you, I'm listening. And, uh, in my professional side of, uh, of life, um, I, there's lots of leaders, and um, there's these are just some major leadership skills that I'm hearing out of you that you probably Dude, don't even you probably don't even realize it, and that's the draw. I mean, the relationships you're building with everybody, professional and personal, um, those are huge, obviously. But there's also a reason why people are gravitating to to a leader. So hats off, man. I'm I'm just I don't know that that matters or not to you, but I'm listening to it and I'm like, oh, wow, it's a lot. I really- it's uh, there's a reason why you can have what is the number nineteen hundred people, yeah, um, believing in in you know the goals you set. So it's huge, man. It's uh, again, hats awesome. off. It really is. And then so to go, uh, I appreciate that <laughs> absolutely. To go into what one of our uh, our uh, listeners said, uh, Alfonso said, "What is something that you would recommend to someone that's wanting to get into the industry?" Well, I think he kind of answered your question a little bit, Alfonso, right there when he was you know making the last statement is. A lot of the guys that are in the industry, and I know he's asking because he wants to probably be in the racing portion of it, a lot of guys just go to the races. They hang out. They help. They just have a good time. And then, you know, maybe something happens. If not, then they they enjoy themselves. And uh, Alfonso, you get to go with me to Texas this next month. So enjoy that. Have a good time. Do a good job and see where it goes, man. And to to their point, and uh, the proof's in the pudding here with all with all these thousands of comments that I can't keep up with. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> is that uh, uh, Alfonso? It's about the relationships. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And uh, I'm sure Craig would attest to that. Yeah, we want you to finish well, but at the same time, did you represent the brand well? Did you represent yourself well? Did you represent your partners well? As you always say, more Casey, important. Do you come back from the moto and throw your helmet? Like that's <laughs> the worst thing to do ever, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Never ever throw a temper tantrum when you don't win a race. <laughs> well, just do what you're doing. Like the whole industry with one set of eyes is looking at you. Yeah, dude. If, if you thought that every time you did whatever you're doing, you'd make the right decision. Well, unless uh, the person that said uh, <laughs> that he wanted to say some stories about Craig was uh, Blake Vanderloo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, Blake doesn't get a voice in this show. I'm out if Blake can start talking. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so um, as, all, as all this stuff uh, is so meaningful, I'd like to get onto a subject that's a little bit more uh, cooler in my mind that I really want to know. So how did it feel 
to put in all that work with the race team and to have your guys sit on the top of the podium at the Baja 500, man. So cool. You know, that, it was a weird deal, too. Um, we didn't find out until the next day because, you know, the Murrays and, and unfortunately had a penalty. So then we were in second. But the next day we found, we found out I was literally in La Bufadora in my rental house and all the guys in the team had taken off to go home. And then score called me and said, "Hey, by the way, you won." <laughs> but, oh, like, what? I thought you know, it was like you know, I was like, it was one of those where you hang up on your buddy and say, "Screw you." Yeah, yeah. So we we literally you know found out on the ride back, and we later had a big party in uh, at the at, at the race shop, which is behind Keith's house in Glendale, uh, and, and properly celebrated it privately, I would say. Um, but you know, it was one of those deals where it was so funny because. Leading up to that race, we had had so many issues with the car we were racing then, and uh, and Keith was Keith, my co-driver, and Greg and those guys were. It was just so many sleepless nights, and they were so stressed out. It was getting to the point where I'm like, man, I'm I'm taking my best friends in the world and putting them through hell, you know. And is this really worth it? You know, should I just sell everything and buy a badass pre-runner and we should go pre-running and then go home when the race starts? Yeah, and. Uh, you know, it's just, it's so funny how things happen too. It's like, you know, the whole never give up thing and stuff. But then, you know, out of nowhere, that race, it was, I, I had had in my head that day, it was like, I'm going to race smart. And somebody else that I was pre-running with had said, just be smart, you know, and, and don't try to win the race in the first hundred miles. And we kind of just raced a little differently than we had raced before that, you know, and, and our team all day long, they said, you're top 10, you're top 10. I'm like, how are we doing? Top 10. He might be seven. You know, even when we were coming into the infield to finish the race, because it started a stereo, um, we were coming in the infield and they said we were seven. And Keith never lets me jump the car. He never lets me have any fun in the car. He's always <laughs> me and saying, chill He's out. Well, the infield baby. there, the infield there is kind of, is kind of a little bit more like a Lucas course. Yeah. So we, we got into the infield at the very end of the race and he's like, all right, go have some fun. And I go into the, I go into a, you know, kind of a 180 turn and I put it up on two wheels and it bikes for a while. And then it sets back down. He said, okay, no more fun for you. <laughs> and, then, and we, and we literally had won the race by 30 seconds. I think, you know, a 13 oh, wow. and a half hour race. And we won by 30 seconds. Wow. And if we'd have put in the car, if we'd have put the car inside oh, totally. at that moment, I would have burned everything I owned after that. If it uh, what happened, but <clears throat> So it's just funny how things work out. And we got yep. to the finish line. There's a couple of folks there and they said, you know, we think you have it. I'm like, what are you talking about? You just told us we were seventh. Yeah. what? You know? And they said, well, we didn't, we didn't want you to get all worked up and drive over your head and break the car. So and blow it. <laughs> and, yeah. In hindsight, they're probably way smarter than I am. And they, but it was weird. We came to the last pit stop and they were all on the road and they were, they give us, I don't know, it was two o'clock in the morning or whatever it was. And, and they're all, my whole team, cause I had bought them red jackets. All you saw was red jackets and everybody going crazy. And I'm driving. I'm like, Keith, what are they all worked up for? He's like, I don't know. Cause I guess we're close to finishing or something. You're like, yay, but seven. Yeah. We <laughs> Super pumped yeah. on the number seven or what? <laughs> <laughs> but they knew something we didn't know. Yeah. So, but it all worked out and it was, uh, it was a pretty big deal. And, um, but you know, it's, yeah. it's one of those things where it was, it's just one race. It's, uh, you know, I, I talked to Wayne about it quite a bit after the fact. And I was just like, how have you won, like, eight of these? Like, it took everything in our whole team and every bit of driving I had to win one. This guy's been doing it for 20 years and has, like, between 500 and thousands, I think, like, 10. Like, man, I don't know how some of the folks that, you know, and you go to, like, the Larry Raglins and all those folks from that just have multiple yeah. ones down there. I mean, 
I mean, for me, that's a that's a a, a career achievement there. And for other folks, they just it's just what they expect. And yeah, and like it's funny because now for most people, it's bucket year, list. We're kind of expecting it, you know. Dude, you should so, though. You should. You deserve yeah. it to. You deserve to be expecting that though. <laughs> One thing that I want to say though is like kind of expand on what you were just talking about, like. You still like you put a lot of work into getting to that point. What was what three years in the in the making? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, like that's a lot of so, hard work. So and, rewarding for that whole team, you know, that everybody well, put into that. Rewarding, but just think about how many times they went home, you know, yeah. crying about it. Like, yeah. oh man, we broke or something happened. Like, and then they get they finally get the victory. Like. I just wish that everybody was still there down in Estero when you got that phone call, dude. It would have been epic. Yeah, did, no. did you turn it around know, on them? You should have turned it around on them. You probably did. Hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> seventh or second or whatever. How about we win? <laughs> I, I did call Keith, and he was in the truck with a bunch of guys. I'm like, yeah, apparently we got penalized, and we, I think we ended up like fourth or something like that, man. He was like, really? And I'm like, no. Just oh, we actually won. <laughs> then he didn't know what to believe. You know? <laughs> so... Well, we, uh, but no, it's it's one of those things too. It's uh, you know now it's kind of we have a new car. We raced it at the mint. We're dialing that thing in, and, and we're kind of ready to go. And with me living in Minnesota before this, I never could really put the time in to go pre running in Mexico. And I'll tell you, the pre running is so important. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys know Erica Sachs, who has Waypoint yep. Navigation. We pre ran with her last year, and and her notes. So we we pre ran a lot. And then on top of it, we bought notes from her. And if anybody wants a leg up or wants to get a, you know, get ahead at all, I mean, it, having every little bit you can get, I mean, but the work she does to, to kind of really mark things off is in, along with whatever you mark uh, really helps out. So, so, so she helped out a lot. I mean, there's a lot of people that went into it. Um, but we're super excited now that we can actually race score because now living in California, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump to go pre-run. Whereas before yep. I'd be flying from Minnesota – to Arizona, get in a truck, drive seven hours to to, to Mexico, and just this didn't work out. So we always just race best in the desert. So we're super excited to race a full season in Mexico this year. Yeah, and it's not like you weren't busy. If it ever happens, that is. Yeah, that's cool yeah. though. Well, isn't the five hundred at the end of July? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I think yeah. that's still happening, isn't it? For sure. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, super that's... excited about it. That will be pretty good. Do we have some comments coming, Casey? Yeah, the Matlock boys say hi. White and Clayton say hi to Craig. Oh yeah, Caden Caden Danbury also says that was a well deserved yep, well, win. Well yeah, deserved. just imagine Caden, like if you were uh racing in the desert racing scene instead of works or short course or something and you had to wait three years to get a win, man, that's gotta be pretty gratifying. <laughs> and and if you do, you gotta do the same thing that Craig did and do the uh big daddy with the little kid where he's got the cards. Yeah. Like three and a five yeah. and a four. I win. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was I thinking it. of when you were saying that. <laughs> I win. What's yeah. the name of this game? Yeah. I win. <laughs> See, you know, the, the coolest part about the, well, some of the cooler things is like that race, the number of people that texted me and called me and, you know, the next day just driving back, just how many people, you know, because it's because, it, you know, we've finished on the podium and stuff before, but, you know, number of times and it's we've gotten close. We just never gotten through. And the number of people that reached out like meant so much to me. Caden is one of them. Caden was doing video messages to me. Hmm. until like two o'clock in the morning he's on the couch he's half asleep he's like i think you're gonna do it really and it's a little it's, it's so funny how the little things like that really really make a lot of this oh, stuff yeah. for me so 
So it, it's cool. Yeah, and, uh, Billy Slade uh, commented, and Craig, thank you for being such uh, ins- or giving such insight into uh, the person that you are and being such a stand-up guy for the racing community. Well, I don't think he's just a stand-up guy for the racing community because yep. he has a few people that help him out at uh, and his team at uh, Four Wheel Parts and when he has a working at Polaris too. So and here's uh, here's a probably a blast from the past. Bob, uh, Bob Hawkinson said uh, lots of fun memories <laughs> shared here tonight. I miss hearing Craig Craig stories from the road on Monday mornings at the office at Polaris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bob, Bob, uh, the company he works for used to shoot. Well, they, they still do, but they used to shoot all of our videos and commercials for, for razor. Like if you, if you saw a, a launch video for a new razor or, or commercial, Bob's team was the one that did that. So we would sit down and have a lot of creative meetings and, awesome. and Bob's another guy Like he's back in Minnesota. He has no idea what the whole off-road racing world is or anything like that. But every single time I was going to race until this day, even though we don't really work together anymore, he'll always say good luck today, you know, and all that good stuff. Oh, so it's, racing's kind of a cool way to stay in touch with people too. It's, it's not just, yeah, that's Definitely. Uh, Kristen also said, yeah, Erica Sachs from Waypoint Nav. It's neat to have all those people around you and to be able to understand that, man. Lynn, I can relate to that, too, because when I started doing the Lucas stuff, I didn't really know about like, desert racing. I kind of just knew about the Lucas stuff because of my motocross background. And I was like, man, you know, who can I, you know, have help me? And then when I got the opportunity to buy that car from the UTV Wolfpack, I'm like, I'm not building a car. I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to listen to these dudes yep, because they're what works. Yeah. They already have were winners. Yep. I mean, they won, I think what, six or seven championships for Polaris and, awesome. and they did a really good job. So it was really, really cool. So when Craig's talking about having, you know, good people around, even when he just mentioned Erica's name and the Matlocks and stuff like that stuff is just amazing to be able to surround yourself with such good people. Well, think of the real quick, the back to Bob, the photographer guy or whatever he was, I guarantee you him being around you, you just kind of of uh it probably just came out of you that you were so passionate and so driven and you were going to do it the best you could that i'll bet every time you guys worked with him he did that shoot the best he could ever do it just it just when you're around those kind of people it's just that's those leadership skills again that just Dude, i kind of <laughs> wish i heard some of those stories that bob's talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well there was some there was probably some meetings where they got very frank feedback that's all i, was <laughs> I was so it, it's uh it was those videos were always fun because I, I you know it was weird because i was one of the few people that in the room from marketing perspective that knew exactly what the car could do right. and i'd be like make it do this and they'd be like i don't know if you can do that i'm like i'm pretty sure you can <laughs> yeah you, you can know, so. <laughs> well since yeah. we're having so much fun talking about all these stories maybe you can answer a couple questions like uh what's a, a normal day not going to work for craig scanlon like i mean you enjoy spending time with the family you guys get to the lake you guys go fishing like what do you guys like doing well i mean so it's it's my two boys and i um and uh you know my youngest son is into theater and music so we spend a lot of time doing that awesome. um, it's funny because he He's now having singing lessons on, you know, online. So, you know, it'll be like a Wednesday afternoon and I'll be sitting downstairs and I could hear like this little angelic voice. And I'm like, where is that coming from? And I forget that it's him with his singing coach. Um, my 14 year old super into basketball, actually, uh, you know, and, and from a 14 year old perspective, I mean, thankfully he's taller than me. Um, but, uh, you know, from a 14 perspective, he, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> he plays AAU basketball. So we spent a lot of time doing that. Thankfully, it sounds like they're going to get back into practicing, but he's had a personal trainer and personal basketball coach every day at the house uh, while we're going through all this stuff. But normally, it's me driving to Compton every day, which is an hour out and an hour back, uh, you know, working in the office and doing that stuff. But since we've been on the lockdown here, uh, I've been working here in Yorba Linda every day. and Spend it's, a little uh, bit more time th- with them? 
Yeah, and typically, you know, it's funny because I still work for Polaris, so I have to be involved in all the corporate meetings there. Um, but I also run a company that's on the West Coast, so typically my days, it's like the Polaris meetings start at 5.30 or 6 because they're two hours ahead of us. Right. And they could give a they could give a rat's ass if I live in California or not. So they still have a meeting then. <laughs> right. So I start early and then it's, and then it's weird because then I end late because, uh, you know, we work out here on the West coast. So it's typically long days. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I would say it's probably not as glamorous as everybody probably thinks it is with the, with the fancy title and all, but, um, just a lot of work. Yeah. I can only know? imagine. We had a couple more comments <laughs> come in. Amy Cantero said, you know, Hey Craig, uh, Robert Blanton's laughing his ass off. This next one's pretty good. Yeah, go ahead and tell him what Blake Vanderloo said. He says, without Craig, most of us would still be driving Yerf dogs on the farm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that comment yeah, is pretty well, true. I, you know, it's, it's funny because I don't really ever beat anybody up. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's so awesome to hear that stuff because I don't really think of it that way. I might have worked them all for a free drink here and there when I was at an event because of it. But um, <laughs> the uh, no, I, I don't really, like I said in the beginning, um, I'm so thankful for all the folks that have represented Polaris and represented Floral Parts. To to me, it's you know, like I, a lot of the a lot of things we a lot of the things we did uh, weren't really. I didn't have a ton of contracts. I remember when I was leaving, you know, to come out here, I had to write down a lot of contracts because I didn't have a lot. It was always here's the agreement. We shook hand and and then we lived up to it, and they lived up to their end of the bargain, too. And people were always like, well, you know, what do you want here? I'm like, well, if I don't feel like I'm getting the value out of you, you won't be around. Just like you yeah. won't be with us if you don't feel like you're getting it out of, out of us either. So, But it's just so fun to hear those folks that think that because I think the exact same about all of them. So it's, it's, it's very fulfilling. Well, I wanted to uh, bring up, and hopefully you can tell our audience, one of the stories that you told me uh, earlier this week was that um, you remembered a race that you had. Uh, I think it was maybe the first race that you were driving with the Jagged X guys and uh, Brandon Sims passed you guys. Yeah, Silver State. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, Silver State. Uh, and we, Brandon and I still joke about this. Uh, I saw him in, in Needles for Memorial Day, and, and uh, Brandon was a hot shot. He was, you know, just coming on the scene, and he passed me up through the woods like like I wasn't even moving. Um, and I'd like to tell you that I flat or something like that. I didn't. He was just <laughs> way faster than me. Uh, he went by me, and I remember I said to Keith, I said, what was his number? And he's like, 913, who cares, you know? And after the race was over, after the race was over, I was on the podium. I said, whoever's driving 913, I want to talk to that guy. And at, the, at that point, when I first started racing, I never told anybody I worked for Polaris. The only guys that knew I worked for Polaris were the guys from Jagex for the first three or four years. Um, and that's a long I walked time. to the Brandon yeah. incognito. Yeah. Cause I kind of just wanted to learn what was going on before, sure. you know, I, I was embarrassing everybody at Polaris. Um, <laughs> so, so I walked to the Brandon, he was with all his buddies and he had won. So they were celebrating and stuff. And I said, Hey, I'd, I'd like to talk to you at some point in time. And he was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. You know, little five foot seven guy walk away, you know? Um, <laughs> he's like, are you the guy that was later, out there looking for parking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so three days later I got an email um, and it was like, Hey buddy, uh, this is Brandon Sims. I think I met you at the race. And, <laughs> Oops. <laughs> My I bad. didn't know who you were at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but no, it was, a, it was just funny. Cause, uh, that's when he realized I'd work for players. And when I said, I want to talk to you, it was something that was super real. Um, and, and I think we inked the deal then, or we, we, you know, we agreed to a deal then. And he's been a factory guy ever since. Do you have you, any you other... want to talk about a guy like that? We talked about it earlier. It's like, work your butt off go earn it. And then good things will happen to you. Brandon and his dad run a, run a, a garage in Prescott, Arizona. 
he had gone racing, paid for everything himself, had a group of his buddies, you know, and, and Bailey supporting them. And they went out and they kicked butt, right? And then we started supporting them. And he just got better and better and better and better, you know, and that's, yep. you know, it's, there's all these little series and stuff like that. You can go run and, and kind of refine what you're doing and it won't cost as much money, but he's like, he's exactly how you should do it. Yeah. You know, 100%. If you, want, if you want somebody to look at Brandon Sims is one of them. Yeah. He had some awesome. super laser focus too. I just think those stories are cool because that's one story that you've told us and you've shared with your audience, but there's three, four years worth of stories like that that everybody else has with Craig that oh, hardly yeah. anybody knew, man. I'm and sure. that goes to show like the development of an industry and the development of a genre of racing couldn't happen unless you had a leader, like you said, mm -hmm. on the forefront of that. That's pretty freaking cool, man. Yep. To be that key person in that, you know, time frame. That's pretty cool. Yeah, not to get not to want anything out of it, but to help. Yeah, uh, we have a whole bunch of comments coming in. So, Case, can you read some of these? Yeah, Lucretia, oh yeah, that Lucretia said that was me a handshake deal. Yep, handshake deal. Heck yeah, Robert yeah. Blanton, Robert yeah. Blanton said um, next drink is on me, Craig, and also drinks for all my off road family watching the Dirt Life, except you, Caden. <laughs> <laughs> Go do your homework. <laughs> yeah, Caden, you got to do your homework and be part. nice to your sister. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so. we got a bunch of good comments in. Uh, what's the best way for a, uh, and this was Sean Kelly. He said, what's the best way for a team to approach Polaris? Well, Brett would be a way better guy to ask at this point, but, um, you know, I, I would tell you if you build yourself a real resume, you know, um, and what, and what I mean by build yourself a real resume, I would actually go out and do it, get it, you know, in race and, and have a, a real program put together and then actually build a race resume, a written one and, you know, and email it to, to the folks, you know, Brett or anybody else at Polaris that, and, and don't do it. If you're looking for help for next season, do not send it to them in November, December. That, that ship has already sailed. Right. Yeah. Um, you got, you know, July is, is when they start looking at July, August is when they start looking at stuff like that. I think the key um, of yeah. what you just said is, is make it a real resume. Don't make it just like, Oh, I'm this racer guy. I've done this. Like show them that you've put in the work, show them something substantial, like make them understand that you're not just on a stack of resumes, make them understand what type of person you are. Make them, make them be the nine thirteen that Craig remembers passing him down the <laughs> yeah. course. Like do that. You have to be able to, to stand out for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think, not to be honest with you, I think right now in, in side by sides, I think the, 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 the NA class and the rally classes, and there's so many classes that are popping up that might not be as expensive as trying to race pro turbo. Cause pro turbo is mm -hmm. going to be pretty darn expensive to be, you know, competitive at it. Um, there's a lot of classes popping up and a lot of races that you can go and do and, and it doesn't cost you a fortune. Like the rally class is awesome. You know, go get some wins in rally class and keep building your car up. And, Plus you know, it looks fun. And yeah. Yeah. I was actually thinking about doing it for silver state. Cause you know, with all these races stacking up, I can't race the, the real car there and then get the Baja and then get to Vegas Serena. So I was like, Maybe I'll race rally class. I called Donald from best in desert. He's like, we don't have a rally class. So uh, I'm like, you should have one. Yeah, <laughs> so, definitely. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, rally class is a great one and the RS1 stuff is great. Yeah. And I would say the, uh, you know, just getting yourself and getting yourself out there and getting started 
Yeah. Blake Vanderloo keeps throwing these little, uh, and yeah. I know these are like secret things. I'm sure. But, uh, what, oh, crap. I've got more comments coming in. He said salt of the earth and a hot girlfriend. So that must be some inside joke, too. And I then, guess. And then, of course, Robert says I would have put a ring on it by now. Yeah. So I don't know. Great. So there, there, there's some comments coming in that are uh, must be something that we just don't know about. Uh, yeah. And Amy Cantero just kind of, she said the same thing as, you know, Seth obviously drives the NA class for the Polaris and Red Bull. Uh, team but I really do think that that class is a good and I don't want to call it like a starter class because there's some fantastic drivers but it's a little different like Craig said like the pro turbo class those guys are very experienced they go balls to the wall the whole time it's very very difficult to win in a situation like that because there's a lot of luck involved there's a lot of team members involved like those types of things so if you want to make a real resume it's definitely better to start you know at a lower level and start making a name for yourself um, I mean, great. Yeah, I mean, for an A class, I mean, it's starter class for sure, but I mean, I mean, Seth, Cheeto, Seth, uh, so Seth Gutierrez, his name's Cheeto for me. Cheeto? Does he like Cheetos? There's not a, that's, yeah, he loves Cheetos. We both love Cheetos, flaming hot <laughs> Cheetos. So, um, the, uh, the, there's not a, uh, I'll say he, if he rates turbo tomorrow, he'd be right there. I mean, it gets fast, Yeah, you know, and, uh, and, but, uh, so, so yeah, but anyway, it is a great class to break into, but good luck beating Cheeto. I'll tell you that much. He's going to be tough to beat. Well, Caden Danbury thinks he can. So he said, can I run Luda in the rally class? <laughs> <laughs> and so if, uh, if there's some of our audience members that don't know, Luda is, uh, uh, one of Craig's cars. I think the first, uh, race car that you guys built for best in the desert, right? Yeah, it's my old car. It's, it's sitting here in the garage. Won't ever move. Just collect dust at this point. It'll be in a. It'll be a barn find at some point in time. Actually, I think what I want to do is wait like 10 years and have, go race like a Legends class at Nora or something like that with it. That would be super cool. We have a buddy uh, here in uh, in Arizona. His name is Jeff Furrier. He's bought uh, uh, he the, has the two yeah. Budweiser That's Jeep so awesome. trucks. Uh, he has those. He just restored those guys. Um, who did oh, cool. he say that they were that drove those for? Or, oh, shoot, I'm going to ruin yeah, it. Yeah, I forget it too. But anyways, uh, so he's all into, like, Nora is his number one, man. So uh, he's got a bunch of cool cars from the olden days too. Mirrors so. maybe? Yeah, yeah, the mirrors yes, guys. because he's the only guy to race without mirrors. Yeah, remember? exactly. <laughs> Dude, some of the stuff that they had, they had a little lever that you could uh, oh, pull. Instead of like, awesome. you know how we all disconnect the light bars and have them quicker? They had a little yeah. lever that you could just pull and it, all the lights pop up like old DeLorean style it's on the top. pretty cool. It was yeah, super nice. cool. It was super rad. Uh, well, uh, let's do some more fun stuff. Let's talk about that uh, Bronco build that you guys just did. Oh, geez. I, I've, I've had the Bronco for, I don't know, probably five years now. Just We finished it like two years ago. Uh, Bill from Jagged X, we, we were, I remember we were driving on the road. He's like, when are you going to spend some of that money of yours and build something cool? Um, and I was like, and he's like, build a Jeep or something like that. And I'm like, ah, I don't want to build a Jeep. You know, everybody does Jeeps. So I ended up doing the Bronco. Dude, uh, that's exactly a- why I love that you built it because I was so sick and tired of seeing all these overland guys in a Jeep. And I'm like, yes, a Bronco. Sweet. Yeah. So we bought it. We bought a, I bought a 68 Bronco from a retired school teacher who was getting towed around behind his motorhome. And, uh, it was, it was stock as stock can be. And, it was like we're just gonna do this, you know. We're just gonna, we're just gonna, you know, make it, make it nice, put a lift kit on it or something like that. And before yeah, right. you know it, it just way out of control and <laughs> hundred grand later, <laughs> and, and and now it has the original body on it, and that's about it. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's pretty built out. It's got a stroker motor in it. It's lifted five inches. It's got 
new new axles. It's I mean, literally, there's the only thing that's remaining from the original vehicle is is the body. So, do you know what transmission he used in there? Mm, it's a Ford Racing transmission. It's actually a stock Ford Racing transmission. Oh, cool! It, the, the thing looks killer too, man. And like I saw those videos that you posted on social media as well. It just looked like it was fun. Like it probably had to yeah. be pretty gratifying to get in there and whip it around too, huh? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it is and it isn't, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, it, we made it too nice. I've, I've talked to Bill about that a lot. Um, we made it too nice and now I can't do anything that great with it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a concrete crawlers, but, um, hey, I don't know if you was, know anybody uh, at Polaris or anything, but you can do that stuff in uh, Polaris razor too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Did, you, did you have flashbacks um, but, of red jackets? Yay. Seventh when you were almost getting it up on two <laughs> yeah. wheels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, it, even Jim and Jay was the guy who got me to do it. Cause I wasn't going to, he's I was just, he, he popped me into, we're just going to do a photo shoot out on the lake bed and, We'll just sit it out there, and I'll take some cool shots of it. Before I know it, I'm doing donuts and speed runs and bouncing it through the the rocks a little bit. And and but thankfully, uh, it, it's it's right back to right where it was. So we didn't see too much. <laughs> well, speaking of Wait, yeah, speaking of Jam and Jay, he's got some really good questions that that. <laughs> They might take a while, but they're good. Oh, well, we'll skip over those for right now. Well, we can ask them, but uh, yeah. So Wayne Matlock says it's a street queen, so that's a little bit of a jab right there, right? <laughs> I, I'm not disagreeing with the guy. I can't. I can't argue that, dude. It's pretty mint, though. I don't it's know sound, if I'd I can't be out there trashing it. it either. Um, this is actually a fantastic question. Um, what does the future of side by side racing look like? Man, that is. That's I don't even know how deep. you would answer that. <laughs> that's though. pretty deep. Uh, did you hear that question, Craig? Yeah. Well, I, I think the, the beauty of side by side racing and off road is it's it's really the one class where you have OEM involvement, you know. And I and I think that's fantastic. You know, we got we had players got involved first, and you know, Can Am's heavily involved, and you know, the, it, it's cool to see the OEMs get involved, which makes me think it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, I, I think that it'll be bigger cars, faster cars, bigger tires, you know, it, it, you'll, you'll see, you're just going to continue to see it evolve. I mean, go back to the first cars we're racing, 50 horsepower, you know, go back and watch videos of live YouTube videos of my car, you know, racing. And it was like, wow, we were fighting to go, you know, 50 miles an hour, yep. you know, and now we're, you know, at the mint, I, I broke, we were, you know, we're going a hundred miles an hour, you know? So, Yikes. and that's just in a very short period of time. You got to remember that's what, eight years. Yeah. You know, and so who knows it'll look like eight years from now, but you know, it, the, the beauty of it is, is that you have OEM support and it's just going to get bigger and faster. Um, I do hope that it continues to be a class where the, yes, there is a high end pro turbo class where, you know, it's, it's going to cost a little bit more, but there's still entry level classes where people can work their well, way they, out because that's, yeah. that's how you keep it going. I and still that's think where the growth the, is coming from. Yeah. yeah. Well, I th- the growth is, I, th- yeah. I still think the advent of you guys doing the 170 was one of the smartest business decisions ever because that was like the entry level. Like to me, every time I go to a race, I will take all of the time, even if I'm starting right after the 170 class, I'll sit up on the grandstands and watch the 170s and then go down to my race car after because it's, it's so cool. Um, so, we got a, a question that came in for you, Craig, that says, uh, can you ask Craig if he could ever get a do-over uh, either at work or in his career? What would it be and why? A great question. Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, race uh, at work, um, I don't think. I mean, 
there are decisions I've made that I don't love, but I think I've learned from. There are probably situations that I've handled um, early on in my career with a, with a little bit more angst than I probably do now. Um, you know, there's probably moments where I could have led better. Um, not probably. I know there's moments where I could have led better. But I'd tell you, instead of looking, I, I'm not going to look back and say I wish I could get a do-over. I, what I'd say is if you screw something up or if you're not the greatest you, you can be, learn from it so you don't keep doing it. Dude, you know, and that's kind of that's what I try to do. 100%. That's the best answer I could have ever wished for, man. So, uh, Jason, uh, no, actually, <clears throat> me, man, uh, we don't know your real name, but you got to learn from something like that. Like when you can hear somebody saying, don't look back, just look forward and, you know, don't make the same mistakes. That's some very, very good advice. And that's a racer's mentality too you know we always say like people ask me craig they say dude how do you get better like how do how do you not like how do you still want to race how do you it's because i don't think like that like i don't ever think about my mistake in the last corner i think about what i'm not going to do in the next corner Mm -hmm. that that i can do better or whatever so that racer mentality really has a lot of uh success in the in the business world as well um well we're getting pretty long on this uh on this conversation but i definitely wanted to ask um what was one of the most fun times i mean winning the baja 500 is cool but there's also a lot of other things that are really really fun in racing what's one of the funnest times that you can remember with your team or with your coworkers or something like that oh geez i mean the, the number of places i've been to and ridden and done with this I, i'm 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 the lucky one right um i don't know i mean i guess uh racing wise i i would tell you it's it's the very first test run we ever we did in parker arizona uh, we went out and simulated a Parker 250, but it was that weekend and spending that time with this brand new team we put together. Um, I would tell you, it, a lot of times it's the time we spend out testing and doing that kind of stuff. Learning, yeah. Uh, you know, and just spending the time where you're just hanging out, you know, and getting away from everything. It's just a bunch, a bunch of folks riding out riding racers. We went and did a Parker trip a, a couple months ago, and we're going down – it's it's my team you know we're all running because we we're supposed to race that weekend we said well we're not racing so let's go we were supposed to race in san felipe i said so let's we're not racing so let's go rent some houses in parker we were out riding all day long and at the end of the day we ran into blake and bill shore and brand shore and oh, their cool. families out in the middle of the desert in parker we had no idea they were there we had no idea no idea we were there we sat there on the side of the road with them for an hour and a half you know and it's it's stuff like that so it's hard to pick out one thing i mean Riding the dunes in Abu Dhabi is pretty fun too. I mean, there's, yeah, there's cool stuff cool. I've got to experience, but um, you know, but I would say it's the people I've met and uh, you yeah. know the rides I've been on that that have really stuck there for me. Casey and I always talk about different stories, but one of the ones that reminds me of of a good time was like we went down to Sterile Beach to race at a Lucas race down there, and uh, we ended up not finishing. We lost two motors that weekend, but I still remember it as one of the best and most fun times because we all got to eat tacos right there on the beach together. Like that was all yeah. I cared about. I came home with a smile on my face and didn't give a shit about all the carnage that right. we had with the yeah. race team. Um, so. Yeah. <laughs> We, okay, so we gotta we gotta like stop with some of the comments. We can't answer all of them because Aaron's, there's just so Aaron's many. Scaring me. <laughs> yeah. Afraid. So Aaron Cantero says, uh, "Air Dog's birthday in Mexico." Ask Craig about his donkey. And he said, "You could have been a model." <laughs> Hashtag Hefe. <laughs> all right. So I don't know if you want to answer any of those, but 
well, I mean, there's a, there's like three things in there he's asking about. I mean, I'm not talking the Mexico one. I think that's that's a little bit more for you know Aaron and I have to have. <laughs> that's know, not more golf. Um, the the donkey story is so. So we have a we have a miniature donkey as our mascot for our race team. It's his name is JJ. Um, he lives at the at behind the shop behind Keith's house and Keith. So Keith's, I wanted to have a mascot for the team, and I talked to Keith's wife Deborah, and and I said like I wanted to, I want to get like a donkey or something, you know, like we need something to take to the races with us for us all, right? And it's like you have the Pittsburgh Steelers, you have the Detroit Lions, we we need to have the SMG what? And it, naturally, we're a bunch of jackasses, so let's get a donkey. <laughs> uh, Perfect. And well, hopefully, I can kind so of be on the same level with you there because we have a virtual unicorn as our mascot, but yeah. not not a real donkey, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, so, so Deborah comes up with the bright idea to get a miniature donkey. Um, so <laughs> we so got to take care the of, it. of this is, is that, that I, I think I paid, for, yeah, I paid for the donkey and the corral and stuff for the donkey and, and Deborah loves the donkey and Keith gets to feed the donkey and clean up its crap every day. And so he's very thankful for that. Nice. But, but I remember when we got the donkey, I was sitting in my office at Polaris and I was in a meeting in, around my conference table at Polaris and Keith called me and I said, Hey, what's going on? He's like, I just picked up the donkey. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and so I'm, I'm in a very corporate meeting and I got Keith calling from Arizona and saying he, he was in Tucson and he didn't have a horse trailer. So he put it in the back seat of his Dodge Ram <laughs> and he's driving home with it and 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 he says and he says something goes the donkey's very upset it wants to get in the front seat with me <laughs> oh, no. I'm like well, why are you driving so imagine the people in my office at the point in time because all they hear is my side yeah. of conversation <laughs> and uh, and the donkey gets very upset and it ends up going to the bathroom in the back seat of his truck and uh, so that and that was a whole another deal but, Dude, but JJ hilarious. is still around JJ is still around probably still the the most. The, the most requested T-shirt we've ever done for SMG it was a uh, was a T-shirt we did for like the 500 years ago, and it was just a donkey with an SMG over its eyes. Oh my! Do you have any um, larges left? Yeah, I would like one. I need that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, we need. You know, it's funny because we need to do a rerun. So yeah, we'll you do, do retro this year. So does we'll anytime sure is uh, anybody at any time? I forgot what brand. I think you said it was a Dodge. But anytime JJ see a Dodge uh, truck coming around, does he just look at it and go no? <laughs> <laughs> The race team's all Ford, so he's pretty good. So we're we're all right. But yeah, no, he the donkey. We still have the donkey, and Keith Keith still complains to me every time I see him about the fact that I bought this donkey. And now he has to take care of it every day. It's oh, it's a great God. situation for me because I get to visit the donkey, and I get, it's a good, I'm like the grandfather of the donkey, so I get to go home. I love yeah. that story. Can I get uh, sign a release real quick that I can do a sound clip of all this donkey yeah. talk? Oh boy! <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, all right. Well, since we're on a, a, don a happy donkey note, let's uh, let's wind this thing down a little bit. We have a rapid fire Q and A for you, but let's ask a, a couple questions. Uh, what does the future hold for Craig Scanlon? You can answer this professional racing, whatever you want. Oh, geez. Um, to continue to build out four parts, I mean, I, I, I want to see that become the brand. It should you know it it, it should be. It's the best brand in uh, Jeep and truck, but. There's still so much work we need to do as far as getting to where I want to be for the customer and customer experience. But in the racing stuff, I don't know. I, I got a little taste of victory last year, and uh, yeah. me and Kristen are going to let me pre-run with him this year. So um, I, I think he might be giving me away all his secrets, and uh, I'd like to come. I'd like to get a score championship under my belt uh, from the racing perspective, and 
you know, as far as my kids go, just be the best dad I can. Yeah, awesome. I, I like that last Love part it. too. Yeah, the uh, the I think you guys are doing a fantastic job. Joey D is doing a fantastic job with you guys at Four Wheel Parts. I'm glad that you brought him on to be a part of your team. He's a hard worker and uh, he's putting in lots and lots of hours, man, for the longest portion of his life. And uh, he's obviously a fantastic dude too. So the team that you guys have over there with your uh, 1,900 employees and a great leader, I think it's a a fantastic, fantastic thing that you guys are doing with Four Wheel Parts. I couldn't be happier seeing all the the push that you guys are doing on social media the things that you guys are doing in the dealerships and and things like that in fact i had spoken with you earlier this week but i would love to have a, a dirt life show at one of the dealerships and maybe we'll do it in vegas like you said i think that would be cool yeah to, i love that idea i think yeah, uh, it, you know it's it, it's funny because uh george adler uh you know was the one who started coral parks uh 60 some years ago and uh you know it, it's i met him and I'm not gonna lie to you. It was like I, it was like looking like everybody was like, "You're just like George. You're kind. You're a great guy, but you're a little bit. You have you get a little angry at times." <laughs> you know. And I, and I met the guy, and it's it's you know it's one of those things where you know, when you, when you know who that person was who started, it's kind of the legacy piece means a lot to yep. me. You know, and and yeah, making sure that you know we build out a you know continue to build out four parts, and you know, yes, it's a player's own company. We want to have great results and make money and all our stuff for shareholders and all that good stuff. But there's there's a soul behind this company. Greg Adler was a part of it, and George, and you know, doing the right stuff and, and continuing that is a, is important to us there. When you can remember that and not forget where it came from, that's one of the best things. That's what we always tell people, man, is like when you're living your dirt life, remember where you came from. Remember why you're so passionate about what you're doing. If you got behind a race car and you didn't win that race, remember how long it took you to get to the mm-hmm. point that you got second or third yep. or you battled or you you fought to the finish. Yep. Like remember all those things. Uh, so the last question that we have is uh, what's your preferred method of contact? I know you have uh, at Scanlon Motorsports uh, on Instagram and you also have Craig dot scanlon on instagram so how can people get a hold of you yeah. uh joey d 23 uh, on instagram <laughs> okay perfect <laughs> the italian stallion yeah so we got a comment in that <laughs> who said that italian uh, instagram I, you know I, i'm, Aaron I'm on quintero. instagram a lot so it, it, what did quintero say the italian stallion joey d <laughs> yeah there you go um no in, I, i'm on you know instagram is probably a good way to do it my corporate email they they kind of they block yeah. a lot of stuff so email before you we don't want everybody sending you a bunch of emails so uh and chris and matlock said can't wait to get down and uh get into baja and making some more memories pre-running with you uh all right so you yeah. ready you ready for the rapid fire q a there's one last sure. one if you, oh, is it? It, if you could do it quickly this is awesome go ahead this is a. Uh, this is Jason again. How far away are we from a UTV being a class one? When will a UTV outpace a buggy? And he said he's got another uh, hour, so let's do this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We can stay up for another hour, man. Yeah. It takes a lot of work to get this thing online afterwards, dude. I'm going to be up till 3 o'clock in the morning yeah. already. So, um, yeah, so. Well, I'm not, a real simple answer. Um, don't know. I don't know. And, I'm not, and if I, I probably do know, but I can't answer that anyway. <laughs> okay. I bet you know. <laughs> professional but it, so. but it is a really good question and i it think is. i think that that you can answer it in a couple ways like first of all craig didn't know that utv racing was going to be as big as it is now when he got into a you know a 40 horsepower 50 horsepower car back in the day but the drive and the focus that they have on the industry and the people that are working at polaris now like brett and all those other guys i think it's fantastic to see because you have a fresh set of eyes looking at it you also have a fresh set of dreams looking at it and who right. knows what will happen in the future absolutely 
Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I think it'll just keep evolving. As long as the manufacturers understand there's price points involved here because to get the masses out riding, you got to right. keep the price points ridiculous. But, you know, there, I think there's, a, there's still price points above where they're at right now with those kind of customers to sell, you know, bigger, faster vehicles. Too. Yeah, exactly. Safe, that's the important thing. Oh my gosh, we got another co- question just come in. All right, this is the last question from the from the audience. Uh, ask him why The Rock had to carry his football team. <laughs> and that came from it came from Eric Bloom. Oh, it's my that's my nephew. So, um, uh, The Rock, I played fo- high school football with The Rock. So, it's uh, <laughs> nice. he was on my high school football. Team. Yes. He he was he was as big as he is now in high school. It was very it was terrifying. <laughs> sounds like it. <laughs> All right, Case, you want to go with the first question? All right, of the sounds good. Rapid fire Q and A with Craig Scanlon. I think we know the answer. All right, there go you for go. It. Ready, Craig? I racing or real racing? Real. Uh, second question: Barsha or Webb? Say that once in. Oh, uh, I, I made it very clear that I don't do that supercross stuff. I didn't grow up that way, but Webb. Okay. Web. Going for web because KTM, right? Actually, we should yeah. ask. We should ask. This is a better question. So, how about? Uh, oh crap! I just forgot. Uh, well, Derek Drake, since he's going to be on the show next week, or Jesse Nelson, because Derek Drake is uh, uh, a young kid as well, and they're both on a four wheel parts team. No, Jesse. No, Jesse's my boy. You <laughs> kidding me? Yep. There, there, no, you you can get a list of just about anybody, and they're not going to overtake Jesse. That's the reason yeah. that kid is that kid is wild. He is. I love him. He really is. All Fav- right. Favorite food. I think we're gonna be shocked. Uh, here. Steak, I guess. Nice. Boring. But steak. Rib and ribeye to be specific. <laughs> Lil Smokies or pizza rolls? Oh damn. Uh <laughs> pizza rolls. Ooh, that's good. You don't like Lil Smokies, dude? They're so good. Uh, no, I didn't say that's I didn't. why I he was thinking about it. RJ, yeah. RJ got me hooked on pizza rolls. He was here like a couple months ago, and we had pizza rolls, and it was late, and they were. They, it was like the best thing I've ever so eaten. So good. Um, what'd you dip in mint ranch? Uh, hot sauce. Ooh, that's a good idea. <laughs> Favorite soda? Uh, hot sauce. Don't really drink soda. Uh, peach green tea from Starbucks. Yep, nice. Oh, this is a good one. Uggs or Crocs? <laughs> Neither. Uh, Uggs if I had to do something, though. Most memorable race. I kind of answered this yeah, one already. We'll so. skip over that oh, one. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So, yeah. favorite flavor of ice cream? Coffee. Oh, coffee. That's a yeah, good that's, that's very good. Ski or snowboard? Snowboard. Yeah, I'm going snowboard, too. Mm. Dogs or cats? Say that one time. Dogs. 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 Are you kidding me? Dog. <laughs> Netflix or YouTube? Oh, I don't know. I can get down with a little YouTube. But I get probably YouTube because if, if I watch one video, it's six hours later, and I'm still and I end up watching falcon hunting videos. Dude, it's yeah, you, you, get, you get caught in the loop. Is it's, what happens. You'll start out like <laughs> yeah. watch. You'll start out watching like a best in the desert race or something, and then you, all of a sudden you'll be into like a bicycle event, yep. and like what he said, like right. falcon hunting. <laughs> So uh, it always ends up with a GoPro in the back of a falcon hunting like a goose in midair. I don't know how it ends up. <laughs> YouTube knows way too much about us. Uh, what's the next For one, Case? Sure. Burrito or taco? Taco. Super crowd. Well, you don't do this. Uh, okay, how about this then? Score or best in the desert? Ooh. Uh, 
Score, I guess. I, I love that. I love the guys who run best in the desert. But right now, I'm kind of stuck. I, I'm kind of hooked on score. Right yeah, now. I love the guys that do best in the desert Cold too. Team. But just because of tacos, I'll pick score just because I can go down there and eat tacos. <laughs> yeah, you know you're I mean, gonna get that. It's the pre running. It's the it's it's the pre running. The culture and the whole deal that does it for me. And the history, I'm sure. <laughs> Dude, yeah. There's so many comments coming in. We got we insane. gotta button up the show here, Sorry, guys. Everybody, <laughs> we love you. All right. What other form of racing would you like to try? Yeah. Do we tell him, or we right. just let him go? Well, let's let him go. Okay. Why? What's is there? Is this a test? Uh, no, no, rally. it's not a test. Uh, okay, rally. I'd like to do rally. Yeah. He, he always um, wants it to be monster truck. Yeah. Monster jam and someone who was it? I forgot who it was. Picked monster truck. Somebody so finally Brooke picked. Somebody? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Brooke. Yeah. Um, I always want it to be monster trucks because, like, have you seen uh, Kyle LaDuke's brother, Todd LaDuke, that does those monster trucks? And they just they send it, like, further. I still, to this day, don't understand how the heck they land and don't break themselves in half. Suspension seats, it has to be. Yeah, suspension. But do you ever see how strapped in those guys? So Heavy D from Diesel Brothers is a buddy of mine, and he has that bro dozer, and he told me, he literally, so like you know, when I'm in my car, I can turn my head. He literally cannot, all he can do is with his eyes. That's it. They are that strapped into those things. They don't move. And what about Otherwise, the suspension, though? But, it, but is the is the seat suspended? It has to be. It's, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. And then don't they have like a clear floorboard and stuff, too? Yeah, I think so. Dude, it's that's still amazing. All it right. Is. They're gnarly. Last and final question, man. And this is the game changer right here. Chips and guacamole or French fries and ranch? Chips and guac. Yep. Nice. High five. Air five. We'll just just be best friends, man. Chips and guacamole wins. So, good job. I think that's going to bring you some good luck for the the Baja 500 this year. Yeah, that's a score answer for sure. Exactly. So, (laughs) well, uh, is there anything else that you'd like to say or anybody that you'd like to thank before we get off the line? Uh, I mean, I, I've mentioned him a couple of times. Keith, uh, Keith Redstrom, my co-driver and team manager. I mean, it just doesn't happen without him. You know, I would say team manager, best friend, all that old, all that stuff wrapped in the one. Awesome. Um, you know, as far as my team at Bed Four Parts, my team at SMG, um, the sponsors I have: Method, Tensor, Rigid, uh, Fox, uh, Proline Wraps. There's a whole bunch of them. I'll, I'll forget Boxo, Robert Vosgate. I'd love to thank all those guys, but that's kind of typical of these things. So, yeah. Um, but well, yeah, I got, I got some great people behind me. The reason I the reason we wanted to make sure is that they they get a little bit of recognition, not because you don't help them or whatever, but they deserve it because they're part of your team and they're part of a growing sport that I think with your help, obviously everybody benefits from it. Like I am very very thankful that you were in the position that you were when the side by side industry came out. I remember driving my Yamaha Rhino thinking like if I hit a curb, this thing's going to break in half. <laughs> and then seeing like the 800s come out, I was like, oh my God, this is like a blessing in disguise. The 800 is like a new world for everybody. And then obviously seeing the escalation of Polaris going into the different directions that I have with the 900, the thousand, obviously doing turbos and stuff. Um, I can only imagine where the future of the side-by-side industry is going to go. And I see the same direction that you're taking four-wheel parts in right now and you're taking your race team. It's just fantastic, dude. So keep up the great work. Yes, sir. Hey, you guys, too. I mean, it's uh, Our industry needs more people like you guys doing this kind of stuff and, and continuing to put our industry out in front of people. Because every time you get one new person that hasn't seen it before and gets into it, that makes our industry that much better. So 
Keep up the good work, guys. I really appreciate what you guys are doing. It's fantastic, Thanks. man. We really appreciate everybody listening because what, sure. uh, what Craig just said, like we've seen so many people call us that have gone down to the dealership, bought a Polaris, bought another side-by-side, and it's just been fantastic to see. We get all kinds of people, and that's one of the reasons we want to do start doing more remote shows at dealerships, at four-wheel parts, at those kinds of places because we think it's a perfect place to help share the – Share the love of the off-road industry. So thanks again, Craig, for being the guy that you are, dude. You're kicking ass and taking names. No worries. Thank you. And by the way, you get up here to Orange County, bring that road bike. We'll go for a spin. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. And uh, not to tell everybody that I'm going to go out there and kill myself, but (laughs) there may or may not be one of Casey's buddies that offered me to ride an e-mountain bike. So I may be trying to do that pretty soon. I'm pretty pretty excited about it. I can't wait to try it. So Can't wait. Thank you to the guys at Broadway Bikes. Was it Bruce? Uh, at Broadway Bikes, Scott, Who did you? Scott, Scott and Bruce, Scott yep. and Bruce at Broadway Bikes. So thank you guys very much. Uh, but I'm definitely going to bring my bike. So I'll see you in uh, late uh, July after, or after the Baja 500. We can go on a road bike ride, and you can uh, sweat out some of those beers that you drink with all the team. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks guys. Appreciate the time. Thanks, really Craig. Thanks to you. We'll Take see care. you later, bud. Have a great all night. Yeah. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Man, it awesome. is so cool to see such a solid human being behind such a great industry no doubt and again the proof's in the pudding with all these people that he's made an impact on their life regardless of it's because of a race or not you know what i mean well and and these are racing people these are people that are part of our audience can you imagine what the people at his uh company say absolutely you know you were talking about a few shows ago and you mentioned it tonight about the great leadership qualities that people possess and you can see just by talking to him he was very engaged he was very open with us and i'm sure that's the way he is every day with all of his employees and with his race team absolutely it's fantastic to see that man i wish more people could be like that in our world and especially in these crazy times that we're living in right now just making a difference in someone's life you know yeah it's super super cool to see well um to kind of go along with that same topic um we have been thinking about for about i don't know three four months now about uh, starting a little side venture with uh the podcasting stuff and the live show stuff so uh we want to branch off a little bit and hope that maybe some of you guys will transfer over as listeners uh we want to start a show. It's called 19 Lives, and uh, it's going to be called uh, 19 Lives for a reason because my favorite number is 19, and uh, unfortunately, I've <laughs> gotten in so many wrecks, died so many times, whatever you want to call it. Um, we're going to be called 19 Lives, the journey of your life. So, Sweet. Um, and we're going to have a bunch of amazing people on. We're going to have a bunch of amazing guests, and we want you guys to be a part of that as well and to listen to some of these fantastic stories. It's not going to be all about off-road. It's going to be about life in general, and I think that some of the guests that we already have lined up will blow your mind. It's going to be really, really cool to talk to these people. I don't even know. Like I was talking to my uh, family earlier this week, and I was like, I'm a little scared to start this show because I think I'm going to freaking break down and lose it in some of these stories. Like I might just like get too emotional. You know what I mean? Good. So I think it'll be cool though. I think it'll be really cool. I think it'll be cool to share these stories with all these people and uh, it's going to be incredible life stories that we talk about. So please pay attention to that. I'll announce some stuff on my personal social media. um, And uh, yeah, please pay attention to that. Thank you so much for uh, Craig for coming on the show. We really appreciate him. We appreciate all the guys at Four Wheel Parts. Unfortunately, Joey D couldn't comment in tonight because he had to uh, attend, I think he said, a graduation. But thank you very much, Brett Carpenter, for calling in. Thank you very much, Robert Blanton, for calling Mm -hmm. in. We appreciate Jesse Nelson giving us some of his time about the Supercross stuff. Thanks, Case, for coming in. It was really awesome. All these awesome 
all these listeners with these awesome uh, the amount that is, sh- is amazing. The amount well, of, you, of interaction and, and awesomeness that the show is getting it still blows my freaking mind, man. It's I'm cool. so excited about it. So thank you guys so so much. We really really appreciate it. Um, we can't thank you guys so enough for living your dirt life with us. Like Before we go, let me tell you how um, mine and your life is going to be changed here in just just a minute. Yeah, let's see. My oldest texted us uh, and told us that she made homemade cookies. No way. And she put them out on the uh, the hood of my Jeep. Uh-oh, they, really? They drove by and put it out. Yeah. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> so we got to go out there and mop so, some cookies? So we're going to have the best cookies here in All just right, guys. Minute. We got to like get out of here quick. <laughs> um, so next week's show, um, I think I might have mentioned it before, but Thanks, next week's kid. show we have uh, Factory Troy Lee Designs uh, KTM Red Bull team. Uh, member Derek Drake coming on the show. So awesome. it's going to be cool. We're going to talk a little bit of Supercross. We're going to talk about how he's dealing with being up there in Salt Lake City. It's going to be a really, really cool uh, time to talk with him because he's going to be directly in the mix. So cool. it'll be it'll be neat, and he'll have his first race under his belt. So we can't wait to talk to Derek. Um, please, always hit us up on social media. Congratulations to Ed for winning this bad uh, boy Dino Jet Stage 2. Excuse and- me following the rules yeah and following the rules <laughs> uh the stage two performance kit uh and thank you very much matt for offering up uh, that and being such a great uh, supporter of the show we really appreciate you guys you guys are the lifeblood of this show so please keep tuning in hit us up on social media uh we will always try to answer as quickly as possible we love you guys we will see you guys next week good night thanks for listening to the dirt life show 